This is the Joy of Geek. Welcome to the Joy of Geek podcast. I'm Rich Lapore. Kevin Schaefer. And we are here today to talk about Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and all of those great streaming channels that bring us such good content lately. Isn't it just crazy just how many there are now? I mean, like, it's got, I mean, you look at the Emmy nominations this year, like, there were, I think, more Amazon and Netflix originals nominated than just standard network program it's it's really crazy and you know at first the very first time that i saw like a netflix show i think it was house of cards or something get a nod from the emmys i was a little bit taken aback not because it's not tv but because it's it isn't tv it's almost like it is it's almost like a youtube series yeah i mean it's like like that was how it was thought of i think back then because it was such a new phenomenon that you know the idea of like something that was specifically created for a streaming service well, it's, rather than an network. Like, do you classify that as TV? It's or, not uh, on a network. Yeah, yeah. Television yeah. comes on a TV. This comes on a computer. Yep. Now, sure, you can get you know a Roku or a streaming, a smart TV and, and watch sure. it. But generally speaking, Netflix started as a computer medium, you right, know, where you'd right. watch it on your, your computer. Sure. Um, Amazon is a company that started off selling books. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a TV network. It is now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting about all that stuff, and I'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to what we've been watching, but there's this show um, called Adam Ruins Everything. Oh, yeah. It's on True TV. You heard of this? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I get shared all the time on social media. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. He just basically debunks things. Right. It's like Mythbusters for pop culture. Pretty much, of, yeah. Kind of. And also some social issues. Social and, and historical stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well yeah. said. Well said. So, anyway, uh, he had a thing, uh, Adam Ruins Hollywood. Okay. And I've only recently found out about this whole Adam thing. Yeah. Adam Canover, I think it is. And... Um, he was talking about the four-year consideration campaigns that they do. Okay. And, you know, so so companies like Netflix and, and Amazon, they, they, they basically blanket Hollywood and all of the voters with, here's our awesome show, check it out, here's our great actors, mm-hmm. and this performance great, mm-hmm. here's a free iPad to watch it on, things like that, mm-hmm. which is not illegal. I mean, it's advertising, everything has promotion, I don't, I don't hate on them for it. Sure. Um, but one story he told in particular was that Netflix was in a situation where they weren't getting the legitimacy they thought they deserved. Mm-hmm. So they decided to do, like, that first year, just an epic campaign. And they literally blanketed Hollywood. I mean, just they had food trucks with free food. Oh, wow. You roll up and there's <laughs> ads for the – I mean, just craziness. Yeah. And, uh, and sure enough, they didn't just get one nomination that year. They got three. And legitimacy was born. Um, and now we have situations where shows like Transparent on Am- uh, Amazon, yeah, yeah. on Amazon, just just get nominations through the roof, yeah. and very deservedly so. Um, you know, Adam's take on that was that it's you know, I mean, he always just puts out all the points and kind of makes somewhat sure. of a stand, just that it's that it's kind of illegitimate. Um, but they always make the point that you know, yes, this show still have to be of quality. Yeah. And in my view, you know, the advertisement is great; it it puts it on the forefront of people's minds, um, and it makes them see you know what's out there because not everybody can't watch everything sure but if it wasn't quality it wouldn't matter and that's really what it comes right down to with all of these shows um channels like netflix and amazon and hulu coming in third at this point probably yeah they've started to pop out some but they're incredibly high quality in many cases more high quality than shows that are on the network i mean a lot of them feel like movies both in terms of filmmaking and the writing i mean um 
they just I don't know. There's something about the resources they have and um, and the free reign too that they don't have. You know, they're not limited by network standards or and they're free to you know cover all kinds of topics and um, they can appeal to mature audiences, do all these kinds of things. So yeah. Well, anyway, um, so we're going to be talking about. So we're we're sort of working on how we're going to you know now that the the site and the podcast have gone through some changes, we're working about how we're going to brand everything and what we're going to yeah. call it. For the time being, this is going to be the joy of geek, the stuff that we do where we talk about movies and TV and comics. Um, and then each one will have a different theme. Mm-hmm. And right now we're uh, doing TV. Yeah. Um, it's been a little while since we did a TV episode, so in that for that reason, we have a lot of shows to talk about. Sure. Um, we have um, some TV news to touch on. When I was choosing news. You, you put the news together for the most part today. Mm-hmm. Um, when I added a couple stories, my focus was really on Netflix and yeah, Amazon no, stories because that's our theme today. Um, and not only that, but you I was realizing you could do a podcast about nothing but Netflix, Amazon, yeah. and Hulu. I mean, like, there's new originals popping out every week. It's crazy. It's insane. And, and when you look at the lists of them, I mean, it's... It's it almost when you look at Netflix, it almost reads like HBO's lifetime roster. Pretty much, and Netflix yeah. has been around five, you know, doing this for five six years. Right, right. HBO has been doing it for twenty five. So yeah. it's really remarkable. But anyway, um, we picked some some interesting stories there to talk about. We'll be talking about news first, mm-hmm. then we're going to dive into the shows we've been watching that aren't um, specifically our favorites from Netflix, Amazon, sure. and Hulu, and then we're going to dive into our sort of more in depth discussion of streaming and. Just talk a little bit about the shows we like the best. There'll be mm-hmm. about five that we each yeah, choose, mm-hmm. um, some honorable mentions, and maybe one or two dishonorable mentions, okay, yeah. shows that, that kind of uh, weren't awesome yeah. uh, or overblown. Cool. Um, so anyway, without any further ado, um, real quick, how you been doing? Doing, doing really doing well. well um, yeah, just still writing a lot, and uh, my column press and my news today is going well, so... Nice! Off again. Um, but, um, yeah, I, and uh, I mean... I finally beat Kingdom Hearts. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> Did you play that back in the day? Back in the day, like oh, I mean, dude, like, that like, game's so good. Yeah, Jordan's actually he's doing some articles on that. Yeah, he's doing a whole re- uh, retrospective. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. called uh, "Decoding Reminiscence" or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah, really, yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I finally beat Kingdom Hearts one, and um, I'm, yeah, really, yeah. I'm really pumped about that. Anyway, uh, let's dive into our first news story. Okay. Why don't you kick it off? I will get so the first one before we get into some of the Netflix stuff. Um, but this is actually related to a streaming service. So it's been well. This has been in the talks for years and years, and now appears to finally be coming to fruition a live-action Teen Titans series. Okay. Um, and we Which have, I know has your particular interest, Just right? a little, yeah. Um, and also, and with this story, we have the first bit of the casting news, and it's casting of my favorite, one of my favorite characters in all of comics, and my favorite DC heroine. Um, so Raven has been cast. Um, the actresses, let me pull up the actresses. That name. is so Raven, um, Kevin. But, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I watched that show a lot, too, as a kid. All, the, all, right. all the fun is it. But, so, the actress, her name is Tegan Croft. She's an okay. um, Australian actress. Don't know really much about her, um, but they um, really are going full teenager here. She's only 13, so. Wow. Um, but I really like that idea. I mean, start, because when you look at, um, like, the Marvel Wolfman, George Perez, Teen Titans Run, which uh-huh. is the most iconic of any Titans book. Um, they are all very, like, that's the whole, the idea behind them is, like... They're, they like, young, young teen. They are young teen. They're just right. going through all this stuff and, you know, are sort of, like, you know, trained to be the next Justice League, but... Um, Certainly far from being there. Right, right. right. Um, but, you know... So again, that's authentic. Uh, obviously, it'll skew to a slightly younger audience as well. I wonder if they're still sure. going to make it gritty. Well, though. but that, that's the thing. They do want to make it... Um, that The idea is to make it a little more mature, like... 
I mean, Weird. Um, like young adult kind of thing. Okay. You know what I mean, so well, YA is cool. I, uh, I, in yeah. fact, I love YA. Right. Well, I mean, I think I mean, especially with, um, I mean, Raven's story especially has very dark uh, background in it. I mean, she's the daughter of a demon, and uh, even in the animated series from Cartoon Network that I grew up on, when it gets to that point in the show, it gets it's pretty heavy for little kids. I mean, mm-hmm. like the you know, between that and then the Terra Markov saga, which was recently uh, depicted in the. Um, Judas Contract animated mm-hmm. film. Right. Um, those are, I mean, they're pretty, like, they're good young adult topics, so it's not su- meant to be super kiddie. Um, Do we know where this series is coming out? So it'll, it, it's, they're supposed to start filming um, this fall. But is it, like, supposed, network? Or? So it, this is, it's going to be on the new DC streaming service app. Oh, and so, fuck. I know, I know, I know. God damn. I know. It's a shame because, like, I don't want to say that it's doomed from the beginning, but, like, I don't know what prompted them to go this route instead of just striking a deal with Netflix or Amazon. There's no way that it's going to have the prominence. There's no way it's going to have the budget. There's no way it's going to have the oversight and the professionalism. I I mean, unless unless they're so all in on this new streaming service that they need a flagship. Even still, I'll I'll give you a great case in point. Yeah. Powers, right? Right. So that right. show had the potential to be amazing. It's yeah. a phenomenal book sure. by Bendis and um, Oming. Um, yes, Michael Avon Oming. And yeah. and the idea there is phenomenal. It's uh, it's an ex superhero, mm-hmm. um, and his unsuperpowered uh, partner. Yeah. And basically, they they go out and they solve superhero related crimes right um completely new cast that they invented awesome characters a lot of them are parallels to you know dc and and marvel heroes um but all very original really unique right um and then like the murder mystery side of it so i mean it would be like there's a murder but it's done by a superpower so like somebody has scorch marks because they were hit by a fireball or whatever but what did it premiere on (laughs) but it premiered on the playstation network and because of that, it just wasn't right. You don't it watch was the like, PlayStation Network every day, Rich? Come on. I watched that <laughs> because I was so into Powers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, it had a failed um, show like at least once, if not twice before that. They thought about doing it as a movie. Right, I right. Mean, they went through pre-production on that that guy like at least two times, maybe three. Sure, sure. Kind of like Lock and Key. Um, and then finally, it got greenlit and went forward at PlayStation. It didn't – I mean – there's no one watching it because there's no subscriber base. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then the show was only okay. It was probably like a 70 out of 165. The show was like, in my opinion, about 80% good. It had a great actor. Yeah. Um, it had, or actors. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it had a good idea, good plot, um, but it just it just wasn't quite right. When you're right. watching it, you were like, this isn't quite good enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm it ran worried. Like two seasons? Two seasons, yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. the second one was a gimme. They were just like, well, maybe it'll get traction in the yeah. second season. He, he. No, it did not. Yeah. Um, so that's a great example of, the, of those yeah. kind of things. Another thing, um, not that this wasn't kind of thought of as the last season anyway, but when Community yeah. um, came on Yahoo screen, yeah. um, that was the end of the not the beginning of the end but the end of the end for that show yeah. not only that but almost nobody has even seen that final season because of how deeply buried it was yeah. jordan was, was one of his favorite shows of all time and uh, comedies and he like watched that season like a year and a half after yeah, it came out yeah. i mean imagine that for if you imagine your oh, favorite man. show kevin and you don't watch it for two years right you know right. there's something wrong there right and so right. it's really important and actually I'm gonna I'm gonna reference a story that we were gonna talk about a little bit later. Sure, sure. But it's interesting and, and it relates now. Were you done sure. with that one? I mean, yeah, that's pretty much the only information we have. I mean, again, I 
want I have hope for that I want it to be good but the two big like skepticisms I have about it are the fact that it's on the service and also Akiva Goldsman is the um is supposed to be the showrunner and what's his pedigree like Transformers movies Batman and Robin <laughs> like the old like it's really like some pre- the new Dark Tower movie stuff like that okay so. which is getting a lot of non- yeah. non-love yeah let's put it yeah, that way yeah okay um, all right, so anyway, another show that's coming mm-hmm. to a... Uh, we got to figure out a name for these. They're like like fringe networks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of those is DirecTV's Audience Network. Have you heard of this? No. So what DirecTV has this thing, and they put a couple shows out on it. One of them was, they I think they continued in treatment on there, or at least they syndicated it. Same thing with Damages, that Glenn Close okay, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they also did an MMA show that I don't remember the name of it. It was something like Power, like like slam or bash or something okay. like that some okay. some i i've control some some one word something that i don't remember but anyway it was supposedly really good it lasted like two or three seasons but what it is is if you're a direct tv subscriber only or now like at&t uverse you get this audience network it's called and it basically just has like one show per season of like their original content well and they've been trying and trying with all the ones i mentioned mm-hmm. Well, now they are the network that is getting a show called Mr. Mercedes. Okay. And if you're familiar with Stephen King, this is a Uh-oh. Stephen King series. Um, now, obviously, we all know from pop culture and things like Under the Dome that Stephen King's name and uh, and and that and and being based on one of his novels does not guarantee quality. However, this one looks really interesting. Um, uh, one of my really close friends is a big Stephen King fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's read absolutely everything he's ever written. Um, multiple times. It's her favorite book of all time, pretty much. Um, And so she told me about these, and she says they're pretty good. It's a series. It's like a... It's kind of like his crime series. You know, like the way that people write... uh, Like James Patterson. It's the closest thing that Stephen King will ever do to, like, a James Patterson series. And so it's about a cop who's, like, an amazing cop. um, And he is... He solves crimes. He he closes almost everyone until he comes up upon this guy uh, who calls himself Mr. Mercedes, or at least that's the name he ends up getting. I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that he puts on a clown mask, gets in a Mercedes, and runs down a crowd of people. Mm-hmm. So, like, 17 die, and, like, 60 are badly injured. Okay. And this is right before the detective retires. And so this is the case. He doesn't know who did it. This case just haunts him. And while it's haunting him after retiring, um, the killer um, starts sending him taunting messages, laughing at him, and saying, mm-hmm. ha, 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 you couldn't catch me, and all those people died, some cop you are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it basically becomes a cat and mouse game over the course of three books um, of that cop versus this killer. And apparently you get to see it from both sides, which I like it better when you don't know who the killer is personally, but that's just me. Some people yeah, yeah. really like those two-sided things. Um, you know, with a serial killer versus a cop, and they yeah, kind of yeah. outsmart each other, and there's secrets and, and reveals, but they're not related to identity. They're more related to like, oh my god, he's the he's really the husband of this character. We've okay. seen all you know that kind of thing. Um, but anyway, it's coming to Directv as a series. Brendan Gleeson, that's yeah, plays the plays the, uh, the the detective. Um, Mary Louise Parker is in it. Um, Do you know if it's meant to be a full series or mini series? It's like, go ahead. Because uh, I, I, I was thinking about. Yeah, like eleven twenty two sixty three. Mm-hmm. That yeah, the one on Hulu that was just high quality series. Yeah, um, no, this is I believe supposed to be a series okay, series. Okay. So I think there's eight episodes or ten. Um, it starts August 9th, um, okay. and uh, David E. Kelly is doing it. So he's he's okay. got a huge pedigree. He did I think Ally McBeal and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's got a lot of cred. I think he okay. did Goliath um, for 
Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. He may not. Okay. Have. I think that was his return to TV. Okay. Um, but anyway, I really want to see it, but I don't yeah. have direct TV, so yeah. I don't know how that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And with something so high profile as this, I you know I really worry about that distribution method. Yeah. But we'll see. But that that reminded me of that. Anyway. Oh yeah, no, it, I mean it's a risky thing, but. I mean, I'm sure there's some logic behind it, but I don't yeah. know what, you know. It but, sounds good, though, that yeah. show, right? Oh, it does sound really cool, yeah. Um, okay, so. cool. It sounds kind of like a Dexter in a way. Kinda, yeah, kinda well, yeah, yeah. Might be interesting. Uh, what's next up, Kev? Um, so, well, I we may as well talk about your favorite show. Uh, okay. Uh, season three of Mr. Robot comes. Mr. Robot. October. It's coming later this year. Last year it was yeah, a well, summer was show, summer, yeah. same mm-hmm. the year before. Yeah. So it looks like it took a little longer, and, and maybe that's an upgrade? Sometimes yeah, it's, it's an upgrade I mean, yeah, to go yeah. into primetime fall? I mean, it's a. I was kind of amazed how quickly the second uh, the second season came out when they didn't even know if they were gonna get a second season, and then, um, you know, to have that level of directing in the, because uh, I mean, for him as well to direct every episode in season two, that was just a really crazy feat. But, that that season's yeah. a mess. Yeah. Um, it's a good show sure. still with really good characters and really cool ideas, but sure, sure. it is not. The great show, the the, the phenomenal yeah. show, the the season one is the masterpiece of season one. So it's going to be interesting to see what three yeah, well, three yeah. does. I'll certainly watch it with bated breath, you right, know, right. um, kind of hoping for the best. Are right. you excited about it in general? I'm interested. Well, I, the casting news on here is that um, Bobby Cannavale is going to be. Uh, do you know who he is? Absolutely, yeah, he was yeah. in that uh, ill-fated HBO show. Uh, Vinyl. Yeah, 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 Vinyl, and then um, he was just in season two of Master of None. Um, was he good in that? Uh, oh, he's great in that. Like he plays this like just super like charismatic chef in that. And, oh, um, perfect. Like so perfect. Here he's like a I think like a taxi driver or something. Like um, I mean you know they're not really giving any information. They never do. But you know, but I imagine it'll be a role akin to like um, what was that rapper's name in season two? The I forget. I, I knew, but. I can't think of it. Something Joey like Badass. oh, Joey yeah, Badass. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not kind of Joey. Badass. It is yeah, yeah, Joey yeah, Badass. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. They found I, a really well, cool role for him, and and as the season yeah. went on, it became you know really important to the right, show. Right, right. So I'm kind of thinking it'll be a role like that where you you know you're not even sure if he exists or not, but it'll be one of those like <laughs> just crazy out of left field characters that'll. But he's set, slated to be a regular for season three. I'll take um, it. So it'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, I'm. I mean. I say I'm kind of middle of the road. I'll check it out probably when it comes out. Oh, I won't check um, it out. I'm going to watch it religiously. Well, yeah, I'm just yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. love it, I don't think. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? no, fair enough. Yeah. But, I mean, we got to watch it. Yeah, we got to yeah, talk yeah. about it. Sure, so. sure. Um, but, yeah, so that's coming very soon. Um, and then, as far as other returning shows, well, so, um, also don't know too much about Change of Things Season 2, but um, the showrunners did drop a little um, side note that Sean Austin's character, which I think it's really Sean cool. Sean Austin, that, right? Or Austin, yeah, sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Sam from Lord of the Rings is, which I think it's really cool that it's he's going to be in it because, yes, because Goonies. I mean, like, you he's know. He's such so, a child of the 80s. Right, right. So the fact that he's playing, but um, they've described his character as the new barb of the season because, like. Um, oh, you mean somebody that dies in episode yeah, two? Yeah, really, yeah. The, and, like, we go missing or something. I mean, that I isn't even spoilers. The, That's just, like, she's just so not so insignificant, unfortunately. But did you see, she got nominated for an Emmy for, like, a, she's only in a couple episodes. Is that, that's, that's silly. Isn't that silly? I like the character, but, like, yeah, I think what, it was, What character? Like, Doesn't she, wait, 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 let me, let me ask you. So I've only seen the first two episodes. Isn't she, like, kind of just, like, that girl's friend, for, like, that you see in one or two scenes, and then in the second episode, she's at that party, and she's, like, kind of, like, I don't want to drink, and I don't like that you're drinking, yeah. and then she just dies? Isn't she that it? and then there's a little more with it, but, yeah, she does, like, 
yeah, she disappears into the, like, the other world. But there's more after that? Not really. I mean, how is that? (laughs) She just didn't have time to. Yeah, I know. I kind of, I mean, she was a fun fan favorite, so. I understand that. I think it was, it was It pissed a lot of people off that that, that, that her character was basically just, like, there to die. Right, right. Red shirt. From but, the beginning, yeah. But does that mean that it's an Emmy-related performance? I mean, yeah, that was a little uh, over the top. Whatever. But, whatever. Um, but yeah, so he's going to be that, the barb. I so hope he's that doesn't get killed. Mean, I hope that doesn't mean that. But I guess maybe I don't know. Um, but there were a lot of memes and stuff that um, it came from that story. Sure, so, sure. As, very as, well, very well designed. Of course, yeah, on their yeah, part. Yeah. Um, but Netflix, regardless, I mean, of, of course, it. I'm stoked about changes. Oh yeah, too, so yeah, that'll come out right around my birthday. So cool. Time. But yeah, um, and then the only other one I had was that there's a trailer for David Fincher's new Netflix series. They've been having Honor. trailers, and there's a new one. Um, it looks interesting. Yeah. This is one of those shows, man. For so, so there are a lot of shows that just appear on Netflix. Yeah, Ozark recently. Yeah, um, yeah Gypsy. Yeah. These shows that just appear. And I'm like, wow, what the hell is that? Oh, cool, the OA. Um, this one has been talked about for so long. Has, I've been yeah. heard about mm-hmm. Mindhunter this and Mindhunter that. I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical about this, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, um, Fincher is is hit and miss for me. He is too. I, I really well, Gone Girl is one of my favorite movies ever. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo wasn't super awesome, although I love those books. Yeah. And the uh, Swedish movies are, are cool in their own way. Um, and I like Seven, and uh, I love The Social Network. Okay. But then there's a whole string of other movies by him that I only kind of like. See, I really don't care for Fight Club, but then yeah. I love Zodiac. Do you love Zodiac? Yeah, See, I saw Zodiac yeah. a long time ago, and I don't think I appreciate it as much as I would I should rewatch have. it. Because yeah. that's where like I'm interested in this one, because... It, because Zodiac is my favorite movie by him, and I love Social Network too, but because Zodiac is my favorite by him, I think with that kind of thriller, he does such a good job with. And like, mm-hmm. um, isn't and he also the House of Cards? Yeah, he directed so the first is, couple episodes. So this is like his new, exactly. like yeah. he started yeah. Netflix's drama run, right? Right. Um, so that's that's interesting. My so I'm, I have trepidation. That's one reason. The yeah. other reason is um, this idea of Mindhunter. It's like it's, it's Silence creepy. of the Lambs, though. Yeah, it's yeah. the same exact premise yeah. and how many movies have there been aping Silence of the Lambs where they go talk to a serial killer to understand how to catch other serial right, killers right. Yeah. now the thing I like about it is it's Netflix going episodic with it it looks sure. like it's going to be like each each episode or at least there'll be like some maybe through lines but there'll right, be right. individuals individual cases right, on, right, on a weekly right. basis so that intrigues me and I think that Watching now, it's not that I want like the CBSification of right, Netflix, right. But, but at the same time, a little more in that direction. Yeah, 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 a little less thirteen episodes of a show that right. really needed five. Right, right. For the plot that's there, I fully agree. So um, I'm, I'm interested in that for that reason. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm nervous because, like I said, Fincher sometimes certain dialogue from his movies just you know drops like a lead balloon for me. Yeah, it depends certain on certain plot. Lines. What writer he's working with. Yeah, it, but. Um, He's a great uh, director. There's no oh, question. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just the subject matter. Well, it's like, I mean, look at Social Network is perfect because it's him and Aaron Sorkin. Right. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Sorkin is um, yeah, exactly that. That is a match made in, in right, absolute right, heaven. Right, right. So, um, but but I, I'm excited. Yeah, I will yeah. be there minute one. Sure. I mean, the trailer it. didn't wasn't anything special for me, but. Um, but it's interesting. I'll definitely watch it. It also yeah. may be the kind of show that's uh, uh, trailer proof, where you, it's really yeah, yeah. hard to do a trailer for it because sure, it's sure. not about shock value, gore, etc. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, so but um, those are all the ones I came up with. Uh, okay. You had a couple more on here. Yeah, I had a couple I wanted to yeah, talk yeah, about. Sure. So this one was interesting. Um, I, as you'll see when we talk about Netflix uh, show original favorites later, 
um, am a big fan of a lot of their um, foreign yeah, that's shows. Cool. shows. That's what that, I want to get into. Shows yeah. that they bring in from other countries or that they produce for other countries. Um, and they now have their first Chinese Netflix original that's cool. um, has been announced. It is called Bardo. Okay. It is a jailbreak thriller. So I guess along the lines of maybe Prison Break and some okay. others. Um, it's a, it's definitely a story tradition in uh, in fiction. Sure. Um, Netflix is teaming up with award-winning production company IFA Media okay. and writer-director Sam Kwa on Bardo. Now, I, I don't obviously follow Chinese cinema closely. Mm-hmm. However, uh, Sam Kwa, I believe, is, is a big deal um, mm-hmm. in that country. Um, the series follows the journey of Ah Kwan, a good man uh, who has descended into crime and now waits in prison for execution. And apparently maybe somebody's going to get him out or whatever. I believe it's going to be an eight-episode series, and it's going to be premiering everywhere. So it doesn't just mean that it's only yeah. going to be in China. It's 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 worldwide distribution. So that's fascinating, and I, I just think it, it's really great. I love that Netflix is, is, is bringing the international community together. So there's yeah. always been foreign films. Sure. But foreign TV shows, we almost never get. No. And starting with like the original Killing for Brittleson, um, which was from, um, I believe, Sweden um, yeah, yeah. a couple years back, more like 10 years back, mm-hmm. and, and a bunch of other shows like that that are just really excellent. A Spiral from France is another example. They're mostly crime-related. Mm-hmm. But now that we're going to see a lot more um, shows from other countries coming in that really makes me happy. I'm really excited for that because different cultures are fascinating. Oh yeah. Even if the subject matter wasn't fascinating, even if the plot didn't drive it, to see the different, it, it, it's filmed in that city. Mm-hmm. You don't know those surroundings, the sure. cultures, the people, the 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 way that they interact. It's just fascinating. It's like a study in sociology, study in geography, study in history, and a great show. Sure, so, I love them. Cool. You excited? That uh, sounds really cool. I mean it. It's, I mean, yeah, no, I'm all, and yeah, I mean, you've talked about some good foreign shows that I want to check out now, so. Yeah. Because um, I, I mean, I've seen a decent amount of foreign films and stuff, but, I mean, you're right, I mean, the idea of a foreign TV show is um, very alien to us, and so, I I mean, the fact that we have that opportunity to lo- see some of those shows and um, experience different cultures, it's really cool. The other thing, too, is a lot of times um, we think we, not me, but Hollywood thinks that they can do it better. So instead mm-hmm. of giving us the... Oh, another great one. Um, Les Revenants, which is called The Returned. Not the American okay. version, but the French version is a sure, masterpiece. Sure. Like, total masterpiece. Yeah. Musically, it's got music by Mogwai that's absolutely brilliant. The plot is great. Mm-hmm. It's just compelling. It's very French in a beautiful way. Yeah. But we, instead of bringing that over here, we made our own The Returned on Annie, and yeah. it's a piece of ass. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not unwatchable because the premise is great, the plot but is great, but it's so inferior. Yeah. So yeah. inferior. Yeah. So I think our arrogance in thinking that we can take Broadchurch and make it better, we can't. Yeah. That's yeah. not very far, and it's British. Yeah. But no, the original yeah. Broadchurch is way better than the yeah. American one. They brought David Tennant over. Doesn't matter. Not good. Just leave it as it is. Exactly. Just give us some subtitles if you have to. Yep. Um, and, and let it fly. So yep. that's cool. Um, next up, there was a story in the LA Times recently <laughs> that Netflix was $20 billion in debt. Um, obviously, it's pretty easy to believe. $20 billion sounds like a lot, but it's easy to believe they're heavily in debt with all the shows. Yeah. Every time I turn on the TV, there's a new... You know, fifty million dollar series just right. sitting there. So right, it's right. it's it's not hard to believe. But Netflix has now come out and said, no, we're actually only four point eight billion dollars. Only four point eight. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. so get it right, uh, L.A. Yeah, Times. Yeah. Um, American Vandal 
This is really I, interesting. Did you watch the trailer? I saw this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it's it's a funnier die thing. Um, yeah. But it's so so obviously Netflix is known for making a murderer. Right. Um, there's a new one called uh, what's the one about the nuns? Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. about. There's, there's yeah. another new one yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. recent that people are into. But making a murderer was like really popular. A huge yeah. deal. Yeah. So they're into their true crime series are are, are are they're known for, and then obviously a lot of a lot of other channels do them well. American Vandal is their true crime mockumentary from the people at Funny or Die. Um, and a preview dropped on August 3rd, and it looks stellar. So basically the theme, just to give you perspective, is who drew the dicks. Yeah. And the idea is that it starts out really dramatic. There's this guy's voiceover. Yeah, yeah. He goes, this is not how I expected my life to turn out. And then he goes, I was planning on you know going to college, major in uh, architecture, and you know have a life. But instead, everything went off the rails. And then they go gung gung, and then you see like twenty three different cars that were wanged yeah, that have dicks drawn on them um, all over the place in big red spray paint. And then you see like this school board getting together, and they're like, I recommend expulsion. And then there's this little filmmaker kid, and he comes in, and he goes, Hi, my name is you know. McNeil McNally and I believe that he was framed and he didn't draw the dicks and it's just like real self-serious in a funny way yeah. and and so it's going to be an eight episode 30 minutes each though right right um mockumentary about taking on sort of that format which is great Netflix poking fun at themselves great idea sure um and also I'm actually interested in who drew the dicks I want to know I think it might actually be compelling plot <laughs> did somebody frame him did they not it looks great what do you think yeah. I mean, it'll be. I mean, I love watching funnier die videos, so I mean, I'm definitely gonna check it out. I mean, the longest project I've ever seen them do was they released like a Trump spoof comedy mm-hmm. on Netflix last year called mm-hmm. Call the Art of the Deal, where Johnny Depp plays Trump and really, like, yeah, and Pat Oswalt's in it and stuff. It, was it good? It, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it wasn't like the funniest thing. Yeah, but I think I mean, it's a. I mean, the thing with going from sketch comedy to like full series or full movie it is a stretch because there's so many different elements that come into play there um so it'll be in, i mean i'm definitely i'll check this out um because but you, you know, don't know if it'll keep not, your attention i will see yeah i mean like but i think it is a i mean it's a funny premise though it really you know, is yeah well I, I i think you're right um I, that's why i i, I also I, my mentioned... hope is that it's just not going to do like the same joke over and over again you know the jet, like, the dick which joke. is like yeah i mean with what's the... so funny about penises be, old people right, talking right. about this self-seriously right, right. and that's the joke right yeah. right i mean if that's the only thing then it's gonna bore me but yeah now what i'm interested in is if they actually make the mystery good now obviously it's a joke because nobody yeah. actually got hurt because dicks were drawn on cars right so it's not like it, it's not like anybody's really got hurt, but still, to find out like who did it and what conspiracy they weave or not will be fun. Yeah. So probably at the end they'll just reveal that he did draw the dicks. But <laughs> regardless, regardless, yeah, we're, we're getting a I, laugh out of it. When is that coming? Yeah. Um. Stay on there. No, the preview was okay. August third, later this year. Okay. Sometime cool. yeah. later this year. I'll check uh, it out. Anyway, that was uh, uh, ending okay. on a high note. That's our last story. Okay. Um, so, yeah, lots of Netflix in the news. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very much so. And, and every time I turn on the TV, like I said, it's something new. So. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's dive right. into part two of the episode, what we have been watching. Um, and, Kevin, I'd love you to start. Okay. Um, well, I guess I'll start with some of the Arrowverse talk on here because I haven't really got a chance to talk about Flash Season 3 yet. Oh, good. Um, I have one of so, these, too, so let's And talk. I can do it without talking spoilers cool. here, but... Um, this so, is the one that started with Flashpoint, right? Yes, it started okay. with Flashpoint because um, 
yeah, Barry decides at the end of season two to go back in time and um, try, to save, try to save his mom and then screws everything up as a result. Nice. Um, and so... Apparently, from what I hear, that's very Barry Allen-ish. Yeah, just a little. Um, and so... <laughs> Um, there was a lot, like, so I waited, I watched the beginning of season three, like, when it aired, and then, um, got really busy with school and stuff. And not to mention, these are 22 episode seasons, and they have, they have lulls. Right, right. And so, I was just like, you know, since they did that deal with Netflix where they're gonna put them on a week after the season's ends, I can just wait till then. So I did that, so I was, I pretty much binged, um, in a couple weeks or so, um, that season, like, mid, middle of the summer or so. Um, and so there was a lot of talk about how, you know, fans were getting really frustrated with it and it was like much less quality than the previous two seasons. It is definitely weaker than the other two, but I, it's one of those where like, it's, you know, because I'm so attached to those characters, I'm still going to stay on it even. And it wasn't such a bad drop that it was like, I'm going to stop watching the show. It was just like, you know, uh, some of the same tropes repeated from season Mm -hmm. two. It's the speedster villains are getting really annoying um because i mean three seasons in a row with all speedster villains uh, as the main villains it gets pretty old mm-hmm. quickly but um you know aside from that it's still a really fun superhero show that it's just like the where season three struggled was taking it in too dark territory and making it um very so mopey and so like um hey and, isn't like, that exactly the problem that arrow season three supposedly yeah had? pretty much yeah Interesting. Yeah. So uh, it's a, maybe it's a season three stroke they have. Uh, well, I mean, Arrow's <laughs> obviously the darker show in general. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But still, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, remember everybody seeing... talking about how self-serious and wallowy and depressing season three of Arrow was. Right, right, right. And I mean, they even comment on it because, like, Iris is telling Barry that halfway the year. Cheer like, up. Like, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Pretty, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, they have a whole conversation about that, um, about halfway through the season. Barry, um, every but... time I see you anymore, you're sitting down in the dumps. <laughs> so what's um, wrong are you gonna open up are you yeah. gonna share it with me and he's like no because i already did but then i undid it with time shifts right right but as far, but there is still a lot of things i liked about season three for one tom felton's character is fantastic um he plays like this um a partner buries um uh-huh. on a police force and eventually becomes part of team flash and um he's just, like who's I mean, tom felton what's the guy here? who plays malfoy in harry potter oh yeah, nice like, uh, yeah, i like yeah. him okay um, i knew i knew that name yeah, yeah yeah um so and and they managed to fit in some harry potter jokes in there um but um so i loved it he plays he just has a lot of charisma great chemistry with the rest of the cast he was a lot of fun um i love what they do with killer frost and i think she should have been the main villain of season three um given how invested we already were in Caitlyn up until then. Um, so to see that transformation happen and what they do with it in a really interesting way, I thought that was cool. Um, and they, I mean, she's not the main villain of season three, but she does, pl- her arc plays out over the course of the entire huh, season. Cool. Um, so that was, like, cool. Also, the, uh, so Harrison Wells, you know, gets, like, a different uh, version. Careful. Okay, I, I, can I say that he gets, like, a different version? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Season? Well, you just did. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's okay. I mean, like, uh, um, the, you know. He so, plays good and bad guys. I know that. Right, right. And so the um, version of Harrison Wells we see in this season is so different from the other two because he's this happy, lucky guy um, right. um, from another Earth that um, I just, yeah, they, um, they call him HR. Uh, and like and yeah, he was just a major highlight of the season. Super fun. Um, 
got to interact with all the characters on Team Flash, as well as the all other version of Fairy um, mm-hmm. from Season 2. So that was really fun to play out. Um, so there's a lot I liked. Again, it was just like, it does go into super mopey, like, overtly serious stuff a little too much. Um, but it still, ha- I mean, there's a great episode, um, with, oh, a two-parter with Gorilla Garad, because they brought Gorilla Garad in for each season, um, and he gets his biggest moment yet in the entire show. Um, okay, which which yeah. a lot of people say is one of the best uh, yes. aspects of that show is, is the gorilla. I mean, it's great CG. It's, um, I, I mean, it's just, when they do um, the gorilla world, it's just wow. fantastic. Cool. You know? um, it's just one of the, and it was the, it, it's a two-parter that was such a nice break from all the, like, um, melodrama. melodrama encompassing the whole season. Pathos. So, yeah, all that. So it, it just gets a little all that for a while. Um, but I still really uh, had a lot of fun with season three. How's what's um, his name doing? Um, uh, the the like jokester guy who's on Team Flash. You mean, um Cisco? Yeah. Oh, I, I always love Cisco. Okay. He's, on, uh, he's still rocking um, it hard. Yeah, he's. I mean, yeah, he gets all the like fun fanboy jokes and stuff, and even he has like they give him a melodramatic arc uh, towards the beginning of the season. It gets it doesn't linger too long, but it's still pretty annoying. Um. And now they're also setting up for a major DC Comics arc in season four um, coming up so that I'm really excited about. Um, so we've got a few. We got the trailer from San Diego Comic Con um, and a few images and details. When you say a major DC Comics arc, do you mean crossover with everyone, all the shows? Okay. But like that will specifically pay, play toward Flash, but I think it'll have a big. The crossover this year, I'm expecting to be really big because, like, good. Um, and they said uh, that Supergirl's gonna play a really big part in it too. Wow, because she, I mean, she's in the crossover from last year, but that was it was pretty heavy. Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was about aliens and all that. So, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of fun. Cool. Um, and so speaking of that, Supergirl, I'm almost done with season one. Um, I know that was one I had just been behind on. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you you really um, you were. It seems like you were almost hesitant to dive in. As a, it was first. well, I'd watched the pilot back a while, and it didn't like super impress mm-hmm. me. But like the, uh, it's one of the like, um, you start it not super impressive, but then once you get into it, it just has such charm and like. And she's Melissa like the most beautiful it, person she's ever. She's the most beautiful woman ever, and she's just so fantastic for the character. I mean, like has the charm, the charisma, and I mean also, I mean her character uh, is such a nerd too that like she's just so relatable and charming and all these things and has a interacts great with supporting cast um so they, it's one of those like yeah it's cheesy and fun but it's also you need that too you know i mean like um not everyone has to, it's yeah especially after watching flash season three it was a nice break from all the like super melodrama and all right, right um so almost on season one and so i should be caught up by the time all the new seasons start wow but yeah we're so, uh, aren't there um, two but, Supergirl seasons already? Yeah, mm-hmm. that have already aired. Yeah, so now three is Netflix. starting. Three will be starting. So you're about to start season two then. Yeah, I mean, are and you excited new, going? Yeah, in? oh yeah, absolutely. And the new seasons, I think, all start around October. I don't know. If, I'm trying to think of any start in September. Maybe I have to check on that. Um, but they are coming up in the fall. Huh. Okay. So, cool. That's Arrowverse. Um, let me then, uh, let me dive into one of mine here real quick. So um, Arrow is did i have i got a chance to talk on the show about me watching it finally i think a little bit a little bit but not too much yeah basically um i finally got around to watching 
Sum of Arrow. Okay. And Where I finally got. I'm in episode 16 of season two, so okay. I'm getting there. Okay. Um, and you know, everybody always talked about. I, I feel like I'm, I'm having deja vu. I might have said this already, but everybody always talked about how um, great season two of Arrow mm-hmm. is. It's just so great. It's so great. It's so great. Uh, the villain is so great. Deathstroke and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, but man, when you watch it, it is so great. I yeah. mean, it is just, and it's not because it's so different from anything else. It's sure. just they do that show right. Like everything about it's fun, everything about it's well done. Mm-hmm. It's still incredibly over dramatic, and it's sure. still like you know, um, Laurel. I feel like I'm losing my daughter. You can't leave again. <laughs> I can't see you go. And she's got drug problems. Oh, I know. Yeah. And then like she's getting rejected by you know Arrow again. And and I mean, it's Dio, just, you can't tickle. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's like, so yeah. it's so intense. And and then what's his name who plays like um what's the guy the the second arrow guy uh oh um he's been away from the show for a while. yeah i know roy yes. roy yeah, yeah roy yeah. so he's on it and he's in it but i already know he's going to be leaving at some point so i'm trying not to get too attached yeah but he's interesting he's fun um, yeah and his I, relationship with the he grew good. on me after a while like i i i thought he was a little too like shannon tatum-ish like, yeah at first but which he i mean he's kind of is but yeah. like but yeah he grew i mean I still really like the Team Arrow overall. Is he, is he, um, when does Arsenal come in and when does Arsenal end? It's kind of, it's pretty soon. It's in season two, though, um, where he dons the red? Yeah, and then kind of throughout season three. Okay, so then he but leaves yeah. after season three. Yeah, that was not, yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, I mean, I'm wa- I'm waiting for the show to get incredibly too dramatic and horrible because like I, now that I really love these characters, I can imagine how it's going to be when one of them either dies or gets hurt right. or goes away or starts acting like a d bag or whatever it might be. Has I, anyone died recently? No, no, no nobody's died. Okay. Um, so it's it's yeah, it's gotcha. it's intense, but. Um, I like it. I like it yeah. a lot, and I can see why people love that show. It's oh really yeah, good. it's just one of those like, especially because of how big that universe is now. Once you start getting invested into it, you can't stop. Even like, you ch- I mean, it's worth trudging through the really just dumb, stupid parts. Oh yeah, like, I plan on uh, watching all like, of Arrow. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good enough show. Another thing is that, I, you know, obviously I love what's her name, the blonde with the glasses. Um, uh, um, everyone's Felicity. favorite yeah felicity i yeah. love her probably my favorite character oh, yeah, she's but great. but he is a close second yeah. i love him yeah. i i think a lot of people like just take for granted like he's a, he's the character they don't usually when they talk about favorites they usually don't mention him because he's the arrow he's, he's right he's the whole reason you bought it in the first place but i he's he's probably what my Stephen second Amell favorite is done with that character too is just i mean he's given it so much he's so into and, like, it charisma and I mean, no, have you, if you really want to see something entertaining, he was on America Ninja Warrior recently. Oh, yeah? Like, because he does a lot of his own Oh, I'm sure he's a that. badass. This dude, like, uh, he did this crazy, like, going across a, um, what do you call those things? I don't know. Monkey like bars? A, yeah, like, and just, like, this, doing these crazy stunts. It was amazing watching. I'm like, dang, I want to be that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's ripped up, man. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, I love him. Cool. Um, I think he's great. Yeah. Um, so Are you a, interested in checking out some of the other ones? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I've I've seen the first episode of Flash. Okay, cool. This season has a couple crossovers, which I really enjoyed. Actually, the yeah. more now that I'm just talking about it, it makes me want to watch it. The Alien That's crossover the, from last year is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With all four shows. Yeah. That's that's cool. No, I, I mean I've definitely been uh, definitely been enjoying it. Cool. Um. Anyway, back to you, man. Okay. Um. Really, uh, two others here, real quick. So F is for family. You want me to talk about it? So yeah, um, yeah. I'm really interested in this. So what is it? F is for family. Is, do you know the comedian Bill Burr? No. Okay. So 
he is like I'm a notoriously like just crude like very he has a very Louis C.K. style of just like blunt humor um he's like so my brother's a huge fan of his he got me into him um he got his my brother got to see him live last uh-huh. year um but he just has these like he he basically just Bill Burr just goes on these rants about people and society and they're just hilarious because they're so exaggerated and like he can go on a rant about the smallest things mm-hmm. and just like um and make that his uh, where his humor comes from mm-hmm. and uh, he's always on Conan and just cracking jokes about it like whatever and so F is for Family is an animated series where he voices the main character and this dude yes um and um he's one of the main writers and all that and so it's basically it, it's sort of in the vein of like King of the Hill those kind of like where it's set in the 70s um the the dad of the family is a Vietnam veteran and um just this overtly cranky middle-aged man with um yeah his um kids one of them is a um you know rebellious teenager the other one is um the, the younger one is like on the verge of adolescence and just like learning all those things and um but it's just you know it's not the best animated comedy by any means i've seen but it's fun i mean it's exactly if you watch any of his stand-ups it's exactly what you would expect an animated show by him to be like um so it there are two seasons out and they're very short they're like 30 minute episodes and i the first season's like seven episodes something um, like that what who, what is the characters who are the characters okay, so, so frank is the like middle-aged um cranky uh-huh. um father um then his wife who's played by gosh i'm trying to blank on her name but the woman from the first jurassic park um oh larger so, yeah yeah well done. so um um she voices the wife um and then I'm trying to think they have three kids i know that at least two i think they have three kids because they have a younger daughter too mm-hmm. um justin long voices the teenage son okay um right. so it's got a lot i mean got good reviews yeah no I, I think it's really fun and david keckner plays um his overtly fat boss um and they'll and who comes back in season two so he's not just fat he's overtly fat that's partly why i watched it too because i actually i got to interview david keckner one time when i had a technician for Uh he was doing a show at good nights over here and so nice and he's nicest guy i mean like he loves playing these obnoxious characters like for fun but he in real life he's like the nicest guy um and so yeah it's just i mean it's one of those i mean um it's just it's, it's an adult animated an adult, sitcom yeah. by bill burr that's exactly what it is yeah and so it's um, good to sit down and just have some fun but it's yeah. nothing like it's not like bojack level right 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 but there are some hilarious laugh out loud moments if like um you just have to be prepared for that kind of just blind crude humor but nice um but yeah so that um so i'm i haven't finished season two yet but uh, randy and i watched season one together my caregiver mm-hmm. um and yeah, it's it's got some really funny moments. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like the kind of thing you'd want to watch with yeah, somebody. Yeah. Watching comedies oh, yes. alone is not nearly as fun. Yeah, yeah. So um, that one, and then I talked about it on the show before, but I'm I finished season five of Sons of Anarchy, so mm-hmm. I should be able to finish the whole show by the end of the year. Dude, I can't wait to hear how it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Are you still like trugging along? Are you still yeah, loving it? Yeah, yeah. I got. I mean, I'd say I w- when I started out, it w- went through it a lot more. It does get a, rep- a lot. Of, kind of like oh. Um, like just what you're talking about there, like it gets very repetitive after. But like, mm-hmm. um, because I you just love the cast and mm-hmm. so much, it's not. It's even when it's the story lines are getting repeated and stuff, it's still just tons of fun and like, um, 
you know, he loved the world they inhabit, and Ron Perlman's one of my favorite actors, so, um, and, you know, there's always some surprises that come up, even when, um, some of the some, same drama gets repeated, um, but, yeah, it's just one of those I got hooked on earlier this year, and I've been going through ever since. Nice, nice, all right, so, is that it? That's all mine. Okay, cool. So, um, I have uh, a list of a couple that I've watched in depth, and then just a bunch of little quick ones. Sure. Um, so, I'm going to start with The Affair. Have I talked about The Affair on here yet? I don't think so, right? I don't think so. So, The Affair is amazing. Yeah. Um, this is a show that, it's it's in its, it's had three seasons, it's going into its fourth on Showtime. But basically, the premise is um, Dominic, oh, I'm messing up his name now, Dominic something. He plays... Um, He's in the wire, uh, Dominic. Um, oh goodness, um, would you look it up while I'm doing this? Yeah, one second. Um, but anyway, uh, he plays um, Noah, who is an author. Um, he's got a family um, with, I believe, four kids. At least three. No, three, three or four children. Um, and his wife, um, and played by Mara Tierney, and they, um, and they go to the beach. Um, they go to Dominic West. Dominic West. Thank you. Yep. So they go to the beach. He plays um, McNulty. Oh, and Joshua and Jackson. Cool. Josh, Joshua Jackson. Yeah. I was yeah. going to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he's a it's, he's a family man. Uh-huh. Um, he's a, an author. Okay. Always been faithful to his wife. Married her right out of college. Um, his wife's wealthy, so they go to visit her wealthy parents at the beach. Um, and then they're there, and there's some drama with her parents being really snooty and stuck up, and like always talking about withholding their money. And well, maybe if our money is so bad, we'll stop sending your child to private school. You know that kind of mm-hmm. shittiness. Anyway, um, then he has a chance encounter with a woman um, who is uh, beautiful and very troubled. She lost her son a couple years ago uh, from. Um, he, she, the son drowned um, and she and her husband are you know he's, he's Joshua Jackson and he's mm-hmm. a little bit more simple minded doesn't think about the deep things but he's in a lot of pain but he's trying to just get through it and live his life he's very loyal to his wife he loves his wife mm. um, and then she's just every time she looks at the, him she thinks of their dead son so these basically the story is about the two these two families coming together when an affair happens between you know Dominic West character and her. Okay. Um, the acting is brilliant. Dominic West I've found is one of the most amazingly gifted actors in anything I've ever seen. He wow. is when you see him on screen you don't see Dominic West anymore you see his character and he was actually in something called Appropriate Adult recently or a couple four or five years ago where he played like a horrible serial killer whose name is actually also West mm-hmm. something West. Um, and he, he just like talked in a total dialect. He's like, mm-hmm. I didn't kill my Bobby. And I mean, total transformation. You see him, he looks like a different person. Mm-hmm. Like the truest British brilliant acting. I think he's Scottish or Welsh or British, something like that. Yeah. But he's just like a truly talented actor. Um, and and the, the, the plot, even though it's just about this affair, it's also a murder that happens that you don't know who did it. And, and it's sort of like... But what's really interesting about the affair, if you don't know about this show, is it's about it's a Rashomon show. Okay. So it's each episode is split into two parts. The first part is Noah's story, the second part is Allison's story, the girl that he's having the affair with, and you see the same scenes somewhat from both perspectives. So in his version of the story, um, you know she's really flirty, mm-hmm. she's wearing a really sexy outfit, um, she is um, you know doing things to come on to him. 
And then in his version, and then in her version of the story, she's very demure, not flirty. Her hair is dressed differently. The color of the walls is different. I mean, it's just front to back. They're different memories of the situation. And the framing device is that they're both being interrogated by a police officer. Um, and uh, he's asking for their stories of what happened leading up to the death of a character. Mm. Early on in the show, you don't even know who the character is that died, much like Big Little Lies. Um, and then as the season progresses, you find out who died. And then even by the end of the first season, you don't know who did it yet. But you have some clues, and you get like find out motives, and it's fascinating. But what's so good about it is the emotional story at the core. So all that shit is a MacGuffin. But not a useless MacGuffin. A good, I think there are different types of MacGuffins. Yeah. Yeah. There are MacGuffins that really have the truest sense of the word that they that like like maybe I, this is a bad example but like the ring in the lord of the rings like it it just pulls them through that story sure. but the point is the adventure um in this one it's for the better version of the MacGuffin. again that may be a good MacGuffin. i don't know i'd have to think about it more deeply but as, as instead of just being a mechanism the murder actually has like deep ties to sure. what's going on on the show but at the end of the day, it's really about this relationship between these people, the havoc it wreaks on the on the families, the different personality types there are, the way they interact, the way people like trap people in their own lives, um, memory and relationships. I mean, it's just deep. It's actually by a former classmate of mine, um, Sarah Treem. Yeah. Uh, she was in a year ahead of me at, at, at Durham Academy, and uh, she went on to do this show. Uh, incredibly talented woman. Uh, she actually won the Emmy for this first season of The Affair. Wow. Um, and, and, and she just does a phenomenal job. And, you know, she talks about wealth really well because mm. she's been around it. Um, she, I don't know how wealthy her family was, but I do know that, you know, she went to private school. So when there's, mm. when there's scathing remarks about, like, the private school, you know, hothouse environment, yeah. like, you know she's lived it because I was there living it a grade below her. Um, but anyway, she's, she's incredibly talented. The show is brilliantly written. Um, it was created by her and another guy whose name I always forget, um, but he uh, the two, he created In Treatment, that HBO show okay. that was like a big deal, or Showtime show, one of those others. But anyway, The Affair is phenomenal. I finished the first season. I watched the first episode of the second. Um, what are you it, watching it on? Um, Showtime Anytime okay, cool. um, or something like that, which you have access to with that same right, anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, it's a really, really great show. And if you're a writer, like we are, yeah. um, it's it's just awesome. It's like yeah. a master class in how to write great characters yeah. and really great plots and bring them together in a way where neither the plot nor the characters are more important than the other. Sure. I feel like it's just a balanced, brilliant show. Sure. It makes great decisions. Just love that show. Anyway, so that's one of my big ones that I watched. Um, I plan on watching more, but I'm taking a little break because eventually you have to... Like, yeah, yeah. When there's three seasons of a show that exists, you know this was Sons of Anarchy with six seasons. Yeah, you yeah. can't just pound it, you know? Yeah. You gotta take... Some people can, I can't. Yeah, I know. Um, okay. Uh, another one. Uh, on the total opposite end of the spectrum, okay. I watched the first few episodes of The Last Tycoon. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it. Okay. But, uh, you can go ahead. So it is on Amazon. It is an original. And it is based on the final unfinished novel by F. Scott Fitzgerald, okay. famously the, that, author, okay, yeah, yeah, the okay. author of Craig Gatsby. And this show is about Matt Bomer. Um, he plays a, um, Jew, a man of Jewish descent who works at a studio under um, Kelsey Grammer, okay. um, who is the studio head, and he's 
very mercenary and has you know he may have a heart but he loves his daughter and he loves his wife and and he wants things to go well but at the end of the day he makes decisions for financial reasons and to yeah. keep his power and this is during you know it's set back in the day during um world war right between world war one and two okay. and so literally nazis come in in the episode to mm-hmm. like say that germans have to have full approval of everything that you put on your movies or we won't let you screen them in germany mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, uh, it, they add that kind of like political hot button stuff in there, which is mm. not my favorite. I don't like being preached to, but whatever. It's, it's a show about an era and that's, that's fine if yeah. they want to do that. But my understanding is that isn't really what the, the book is about. The book is more about like these characters and Hollywood and what that's like and what F. Scott Fitzgerald experienced in that, in that situation. Anyway, uh, long story short, the show sucks. Right. Um, it's <laughs> real bad. Uh, the reviews that's haven't been kind and I went into it thinking, I well, I, I'm, yeah. he's great yeah. um, but I went into it you know with my expectations even not super high and it, and it was disappointing okay. I, it's just I love the idea and the period drama and Matt Bomer mm-hmm. I love him from White Collar um, he's also in The Human Heart um, which he was great in he is an excellent actor he pulls off certain scenes in this really well but overall it's just much ado about nothing it's really cheap it doesn't tell anything in a deep way yeah. Um, it's not fun to watch, and it looks like a stage play. Um, the person I was watching with kept remarking to me, like, this feels like a stage play. It doesn't feel like a show or yeah. a movie or cinematic. Yeah. It's very just like people talking and waiting for the next cue so they can start talking. Yeah. Very, very poorly yeah, done. It was very disappointing. Is so it just one season out? Mm. Yeah, it just, yeah, it just yeah. dropped, actually. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So here is a, a phenomenal show. When I say phenomenal, I'd say like an 8, 5 out of 10, but okay. really fun to watch. Have you heard of Colony? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is a Josh Holloway's new show. Right. Okay. Uh, from Lost. Okay. Um, and it is excellent. So I love a show like this, like The Expanse. I sure. love like a sci a modern sci-fi show about what if scenarios. Um, and this one is all about um, there are these – it takes place a little under a year. It starts a little under a year after an occupation happens from aliens of some sort. Mm-hmm. They call them the hosts. And you pick up the story, like I said, about like 300 days after the hosts came down from wherever and took over the entire United States, or maybe the whole world, but we just see the U.S. at this point. And they create colonies, mm-hmm. sort of penal colonies, but sort of not, because you know the people get to live their lives, but they're under tremendous rule of like a Nazi-ish regime. Um, very much like there's curfews and you can't do this and you can't speak out against them and it's it's an occupation you know simply put but it's got a sci-fi element and you don't know who these others are and you hear little hints throughout like maybe these others perceptions of time is different than ours and really cool little intriguing stuff that brings you through and again in this case it is it is very much like you know a mechanism that brings you through what is essentially a family drama about how he protects his family but the main conceit is it's a it's him he gets uh, at the very beginning of the show. He gets approached. He was a, a former FBI badass SEAL guy. He gets approached by one of the heads. They call them proxies of the new uh, transitional occupational government mm-hmm. um, named Snyder, who's a real seething asshole at the beginning and gets more humanized as it goes on. But he comes up to, to Josh Holloway and says, "There are uh, insurgents. There are. There's a rebellion rising. We need it put down." And even though the hosts tried to kill all of, like, the people, like, FBI and military because they didn't want people with those skills to rebel, um, somehow Josh Holloway got away from that. And now they've found out about him, and they want him to help them 
chase down these rebellion people, the people part of the, um, the revolt. Well, it turns out his wife is one of the main people in this rebellion. Um, so it's basically the two of them working behind each other. Well, he, she knows what he's doing, but he doesn't know what she's doing. But, you know, even if he did, he kind of agrees, but he has to work for them because their son is being held in this other area. It's, it's all complex, and I won't go into the details. The point is it moves really well. The characters are great. But more importantly, it's just a great sci-fi story with really interesting um, overtones of, yeah. of, of, you know, what it would be like to be, a, you know, an occupied state and what it's like to be human and what makes us, like, what crushes our spirit. Um, and then there's also, like, this cult story that's rising of people that start worshipping these creatures. Okay. And it's really cool. And, by you know, by the end, you start getting, like, little hints of who they might be. So, anyway, the first season is on Netflix. I watched okay. that. Loved it. Um, I did it in about three weeks, watching them here and there. Yeah, yeah. Season two will probably drop around December on Netflix. However, I'm going to find a way to watch it sooner because it's excellent. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. then season three is coming out next year. Okay. So the show's continuing, um, yeah. but it's definitely one that I wanted to get back to. What one, network is it on? USA, I believe. Okay. I believe so. And so you probably go to the USA app and watch season two. Okay, cool. Um, so I mentioned before uh, Adam Rowan's Everything. I've watched yeah. a couple of those. Some of them are a little preachy. Some of them are really excellent. Yeah. Um, the one, I like when he picks more obscure topics. Yes. Yeah. Like when he talks about the, the thing that got me to want to listen to it is yeah. Kotaku podcast. They were talking, they interviewed Adam Canover who, who hosts it and he's actually a big gamer. Um, mm. But he said, they, they talked about how he debunks the Myers-Briggs personality test. Okay. And I was like, all right, I've got to see this. Because I've always kind of thought that was a little bullshit, and I wanted to find out the origins. And there's a really good story about how it wasn't even created by scientists and it was based on something that um, the very the person the philosopher who invented it um, actually debunked it later. Really interesting okay. concepts, and then they get. But the good thing about that show is he gets like really talented like doctors on to talk about the subjects like halfway through and really give you like the the true story. So it's very educational and entertaining. It's sure. good, except when it gets preachy. There was yeah, one about right, yeah. there was one about green going green and where he just like talks about climate change, and that's fine. It's yeah. an important subject. But it got really yeah, preachy yeah. at the end, and I just didn't want. I don't want to be preached. That's where John Oliver has gotten to. Like I, yeah. I mean, like he goes on about like Trump and all that now, and I, I loved it when he started the show and first couple seasons where he's just you never know what he's going to talk about like yeah. each week to week, and they were funny and they were yeah. original and all that. And, and, and it, just, it, it showed new halls yeah. of interest, yeah, yeah, stuff we didn't know about right, before. Right, and now right. all it is is the same thing you can get on yeah, any other any show. Other it's show almost like something. he's been told that he's the heir apparent. Yeah to um john stewart yeah. and they're like we need you you have a job to fill yeah, you know and now he has to and yeah. it's just it's too bad because you know the death of the death of creativity and comedy is you know make, make political correctness right right um so anyway yeah. um let's see what else i got on my list some some quick ones um obviously i've talked about arrow um, I watched the first episode of the Castlevania series. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, so I saw an article somewhere uh, that said that this is the this has the record. Um, it's, it's a Rotten Tomatoes first. This is the first video game to movie adap or or TV show adaptation that has a fresh rating. I saw it getting some buzz on social media and stuff, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Again, I, I think it goes into a little bit of a you know demonizing of the Catholic Church. Yeah. And and again, like what I just I just don't need that in my no, TV shows. No. And so I mean it's it's whatever. Um if you have good characters and interesting story, I mean there's evil people everywhere. Right. Um but I don't know. I, I didn't love that angle. Otherwise sure, it's sure. a pretty good show. Sure. Um obviously I always watch my murder mystery stuff. And you know I've been thinking about when I have some time I really want to do like a 
a column on the site just talking about do all it, these British yeah. murder mysteries that no one ever talks about. Well, you just about. got me into the Fuse comic. I mean, yeah. Oh, okay, dude. Well, yeah, that's yeah. that's American, but still, yeah. But yeah. still, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, okay. Um, Battlestar Galactica. I'm working okay, my way through cool. season two. That's a slow climb. I know it's going to be amazing, but I've just barely started it. Sure. Um, and then um, Person of Interest season three. Okay. I've watched the first two before. I'm just finally getting back into season three. Okay. Um, and enjoying that. That shows a show that I'll talk about more in the future. Sure. Um, Oh, and this is a couple, uh, or one little news thing that I think is really interesting. Did you know that Lock and Key is actually finally getting another try? Really, is it? Okay. Yeah, so in April. I mean, I've heard rumors about that before, but is that official yeah. now? Yeah, so when I was when I was researching um, Netflix and Amazon stuff, I found yeah. out, I think it's Hulu, or, yeah, I think it's Hulu. The ones who are doing the Runaways, it's Hulu. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Are yeah. also doing a Lock and Key, and they've, they've greenlit a pilot. Okay. Um, so the Lock and Key has this really storied history, kind of like Power, powers yeah um that used to have like that had two false starts this one did too and it actually has a pilot it has i was gonna say it was supposedly great yeah yeah and so this is yet another one but apparently like this one's gonna go it looks like so i'm excited about that but anyway if joe hill has any involvement oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure i mean it's done by carlton cues same guy who did lost same guy who's doing um colony i didn't mention that but colony is carlton okay okay um which is another reason why i wanted to watch it whenever i get to see a show with really good lore like that i'm into it even though those those guys love talking about um how they're it's not about the reveals it's not about that it's all about character blah 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 yeah i love lore and i don't care how much of lock and key have you read um only the first volume yeah have you read some over the first volume it's good yeah it's good it didn't grab me like some people talk about it like god's gift yeah that's the thing yeah and i haven't found that yet it could be that that i was overhyped. it's good entertaining horror for me it could be that i was overhyped that happens sure so we shall see but anyway that is my uh that is my list of what i've been watching okay um and i think that that means our our main event now all right Um, cool so what are we going to be doing talking about let's refresh people's memories picked like five are our favorite streaming originals so these are all originals that have come from either netflix amazon or hulu i think rich you'll have more mix because i realize i haven't really watched a lot of amazon hulu originals so mine are all netflix but i still i think i've got a good diverse um some good picks here um, when, and a few honorable mentions when i when i started looking into this and doing my lists i realized that although i think about and talk about and read about a lot of amazon and yeah, hulu yeah. shows I don't actually watch a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so shows like Transparent are, are, are fantastic shows, but I just don't watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know why it hasn't made the cut for me, but anyway. So yeah. I, I don't want to let people down, but most yeah. of mine are Netflix too. Right, right. Um, but so we anyway. pick our top five, so we'll yeah. start with five and go up. Um, Real quick Netflix, before yeah. we get into that, I do want to say, um, what significance-wise, do you find that you like Netflix shows better than TV or the same as, or is it just a, an addendum to what you watch? I think do you really think depends. they're different fundamentally, or what? I think it really depends on the show, honestly, but um, I don't know. I mean... It, like the Mar- in- let's, let's talk about Marvel shows. Okay. Do you like the Marvel shows on Netflix better than, say, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, Agent well, Carter? Yeah, because I haven't really watched much S.H.I.E.L.D. at all. Oh, okay. So, yeah. All right. um, so that definitely... Um, but then, like, some dramas, you know, like... I mean, Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy, well, yeah. especially Breaking Bad, kicks the butt out of any... Um, <laughs> pretty much any, yeah. Well, it kicks I mean, the butt out of pretty much any show. Any period. show ever, but yeah, but... Um, so and, and I mean, I love a lot of um, cartoons and stuff. That's why, again, I wish, like, instead of the DC streaming service, <laughs> I wish they would work with Netflix, start putting out some of their animations and stuff on there. I know. But, or, and instead of just doing these short 75-minute movies, like do a like series, a, like a long one. it would yeah, be yeah. good. An I adult mean, long-form animated DC would be heck yeah. stellar. Yeah. 
So. All right, cool. Well, why don't you start with your first pick? Right. Now, are we doing these in order? Or are we just going to pick five? I mean, I put in right, but they're kind of, it, these aren't really. Um, I think whatever works. I just picked five, and then yeah, I did. I got a basic numbering, but honestly, they're these are just like my top five. So then, cool. uh, So however you want to do it. Um, but the first one I got on here. Um, this was I, I had forgotten about it when I sent you my list of what I've been watching this mm-hmm. year. Um, because it came out earlier this year. So this is based on one of my favorite book series as a kid. Um, and, um, has Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, yeah. I know where this is yep. going. Uh, right. did you ever read a series of Fortune Events? I did not, but okay. I, I, there's an, I know there's a movie, there was some video It was games. a movie back in the, yeah, I forgot about the video game too, but it was a movie back in, like, 2003, 2004, something like that. Like, was when it I was, good? like, elementary, I liked it, fine. I, I, mean, I think I heard um, that it was decent. I thought it was good. It, Jim Carrey played Count Olaf in that, um... It, um, it was a lot. I mean, how much of the books did it cover? Just the first? covers the first three, and oh, so okay. like, but the, I mean, the the books are like, I mean, they're really fast paced and just like really absurd. But with Netflix, the format works so much better because what they do is they devote two episodes to each book, and they're hour long episodes. Ooh. So you just get like uh, you get the full story. It. Two yeah. hours a book? Yeah, I, I think mean, those books were short. They're short, but they're I mean, it's still enough content to play out, but. How many um, episodes are there total? So eight so far in the first season. So it's coming back, books. right? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Um, Is it excellent? How's the casting and all? That? I really, yeah, I, it's just a lot of fun because it. You know, so I like I said, I like the movie, but I think the show does a better job of capturing just the absurdest tone of it. I mean, it's written by the author of the books who um you know his pseudonym is lemony snicket but his real name is david handler so he writes it and then um the, in both the movie and the tv show and the books he writes himself into the uh, the story as the okay. narrator um and in the show um patrick warburton plays uh lemony snicket and he's the guy with like you'll see him in like every cartoon and he has the deepest him. voice I I mean, love the, him. you know um i probably my favorite all of them from the kid it was Kronk and the emperor's new groove um he decides the, the deepest voice and it's so perfect for uh and he introduces it in this really like uh very earnest yes. sardonic yes. tone you know, like, be like i'm sorry to inform you that um the story ahead of you is fully unpleasant and yeah will depress you in every way imaginable <laughs> it's just like and it you have between that and then from a filmmaking standpoint the style is like tim burton meets wes anderson and what i mean by that is like it has this very gothic color palette that looks just something out of like edward scissorhands or beetlejuice or something and then it's merged with this overtly absurd tone and um ridiculous satire and the that kind that wes anderson is known for um even i mean right down to the let me think as the narrator it almost feels like alec baldwin's narrator in the royal kind of bombs it's just like that and so those two styles come together perfectly, and it's executive produced, and most of the episodes are directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who's the director of Men in Black. So talented, um, yeah. man. There's a lot of talent on there. Very much so. And then, like I said, you've got Neil Patrick Harris playing Count Olaf. Um, the kids are great. Um, Joan Cusack is in it. Um, and then Will Arnett and Kobe Smulders. Uh, um, I love play her. The, she's yeah, beautiful. They play the yeah, she's great. Um, and so... Movie. Um, yeah, it's just one of those, like, I was pretty excited when they announced it, that they were, you know, because, um, like I said, I always liked the movie, but it just didn't do well enough to, um, garner a, a sequel, sequel right. and all that, and so. How many books um, total? I think 13. Wow, that's a lot say. of books. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was one, I mean, I remember when I, I think I started reading it in, like, third or fourth grade, 
Um, and this was before I was even much of a reader, and because I had the worst attention span in elementary mm-hmm. school, and mm-hmm. so. Um, but that was one of the series I just really fell in love with because um, it's just so absurd and ridiculous, and um, you know, just right down to the personalities of the kids. You have um, Violet, Klaus, and Sunny, um, and Sunny is a baby who um, she has her own like form of communication that the other kids understand you know huh. and like um and so they have subtitles up here for her, like when she's taught even what though, a unique yeah, show what is. a unique vision yeah it is and i think it, it just works so well because like i said the author of the books is writing in, in the show and you have a director Fully. that really understands it uh, i mean there are a couple other writers i'm sure it's a writer's the room yeah, yeah but okay. like but he's the main one Interesting. Um, yeah he scripted the pilot and everything um but yeah and i think this is a perfect format doing two episodes per book because you get all the it's a very direct adaptation. Panty stop. Um, my dog's nippling on my pants here. Yeah, <laughs> panties um, come in to make a make a scene. Oh yeah, as always. Um, but yeah, so it's just one of those. I, I figured I would enjoy, um, and I knew. I, and when I saw the trailer, I thought it was great. But um, yeah, and like I said, I like Jim Carrey's a lot from the movie. Actually, some people don't like that, but Neil Patrick Harris just brings an extra level of absurdity and like you know, I mean, because kind of off is. This, I mean, he's a horrible person, but he's also, like, so comical <laughs> that um, that's what makes it fun. But um, Neil Patrick Harris yeah. is, 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 you know, people compare him to some of those people that were in, like, Singing in the Rain, like mm-hmm. Gene Kelly. He really is, like, a triple-slash-quadruple threat. He is one of the most yeah. talented individuals, oh, um, you know, in, in modern entertainment. He's yeah. a, he's so talented. I mean, just, I, even How I Met Your Mother, I can't imagine how much of... Um, his lines were improvised because he embodies that character even, so even, well. Even and... Gone Girl, he yeah. was in. Did you yeah, see Gone yeah. Girl? Oh yeah, I love. Gone he Girl. was great in he that. Was. Yeah, yeah. He really and I've read the book and it's very first and it's sure. very hard to live up to to the book always. Sure. And 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 I thought he did a phenomenal job. Sure. So. Cool. Um. But yeah. So series of words and events. I'm. Yeah. I don't know if second season is coming next year or when, but I, it has been greenlit for a second. Nice. Season. Um, nice. So it'd be cool if they could get if they can make it enough. I mean, I think it did well enough to continue so they can cover all the books because um, I mean that if that covers four per season I mean you need you only need a few seasons to do that right so yeah cool so that's um, my first one awesome uh, my first one is Bloodline. Okay, um, yeah. This is a great show. So um, much like The Affair, and mm-hmm. I didn't mention this about The Affair before, but now I'm glad I have an opportunity. That shows, and I, this is cliche, but I'm going to say it anyway, um, the setting is a character on that yeah. show. Um, the beach, the depressing beach. So for me, I've always been a little bit off-put. I'm very... Um, G, uh, um, ge- geographically emotional or 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 aesthetically emotional so if I'm in a place where I feel like it's just like a lot of depressing energy or like a beach store that's closed for the winter or a water park that's closed for the summer closed for the winter or or like uh, I, I guess conversely if I saw like a ski slope that was closed for the summer just stuff shut down and dilapidated yeah. and off season or or going to a beach town off season and seeing a piggly wiggly there like that just has enough to like totally sound, make like make me like depths of despair. And mm. I don't have like a traditional depression problem where I get actually that kind of depressed, sure. but I just get this lump in my stomach and I, I mean, just feel 
striking image yeah yeah i mean it really really gets me and like it's just it's the barrenness of it the Mm -hmm. isolation Mm -hmm. and so the affair is a show that like there was this scene in in a shower and like an outdoor shower which is very evocative in that show and it it just like she turns on the shower and she's in there and it's very sexually overt but also subtle and 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 it's got this backdrop of the beach and the waves crashing and it's dark like the the ocean in the dark is Mm -hmm. very creepy Mm-hmm. Um, and just has this amazing setting, and the entire show is based around the setting they're in, um, near the Hamptons. And so this show, Bloodline, is similar. Um, it takes place in the Florida Keys. Um, it's done by the folks who brought us Damages, amongst other shows. Um, and it is maybe even more than The Affair, where the setting is a character. It is all about the Florida Keys. They're, they're, it's a family. Um, they do... Um, they have boats and they take people out on you know like trips to look at fish and go scuba diving um there's a mother and a father the father has like a a very disturbing past we don't really know about there's a child that passed away earlier or so we think from the beginning um and it's just Kyle Kyle McLaughlin is that his name yeah Um, yeah the one who plays uh, no that's not who I'm thinking of um, who's the guy who plays? Um... Oh, Kyle Chandler. Yes, yeah, Kyle yeah, Chandler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he is in this show, and he is such a great character. But he plays a cop, um, yeah. and he's one of the sons. And then the other one is the guy who everybody gives all the credit and love to. Uh, he plays uh, the bad guy in Rogue One. What's his name? Oh, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, guy. This yeah. is one of the shows where he really started getting the acclaim that he kind of deserves. Yeah. Um, but he plays like the troubled son, the yeah. black sheep. So he comes home. His dad and mom don't really want him there. His mom does. Cause she loves all her sons. But the dad, for some unknown reasons, early on doesn't want him there. Um, and it's just all about you know. There's a, the murder takes place. The cops investigating it. And then there's this. The, the whole time you're watching the first season, they flash forward to all of these. Um, dark future events and you don't know what they are but you start getting little hints that this family has done something very very bad um and so this is a show that i absolutely love i haven't gotten to finish it it's got three seasons i haven't gotten to finish it yet but man is it phenomenal and just the mood and the setting it really is proof that that netflix can do a show as good as anybody can and also that they gave a show like this a chance this is not a show it doesn't have any real like tagline um, like a show like Mad Dogs is another example. Mm-hmm. That didn't turn out to be that great, but shows I was an Amazon show. But uh-huh. shows like that, they just don't they don't make that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they just don't. And yeah. so that's one of the great things and the themes of I think some of the stuff we're going to talk about on the, you know as we discuss these these streaming services is the shows of different genres or just that of of similar genres like this is just a family drama but with a darker tone and 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 a less a less hooky hook. Yeah, yeah. And the, that it gets to exist is, is, is brilliant and should be celebrated. Sure. I need to watch Bloodline because Randy was the first one to tell me about it. Oh, and yeah? My mom even watched it because my brother got hooked on it and then he told her about it and she hasn't even watched that many dramas or anything so and she really liked it. It's but awesome. Yeah, yeah. She finished it? The whole thing? I don't know if she's finished the whole thing. She's seen at least maybe the first season. I don't awesome. Know. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. You're up. Cool. Okay. So my next one, I got, got a couple comedies on here but the first one, I know I've talked about it on the show before, but um, just the most fun, absurd thing that only Tina Fey can create. Uh-huh, but, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. but Unbreakable Commission Mid is just one of those, like, uh, I, I started watching it when it premiered, and I still haven't finished season three yet, but I've, I've started it. Um, and it's just one of those, like, I mean, where do you come up with that concept of, like, uh-huh. this woman who's escaped from an underground cult and starts over a new life in New York, but it's an absurd comedy, and it's not... And, she has, you know, a 
gay roommate and then this crazy landlady and um she tries a nanny job and um her boss is crazy and all this and it's just this oh my gosh so just like and there's a parody of a beyonce music video in season three that i mean it's just like um and so it's just one of those that just keeps getting more and more ridiculous but it's so much fun um and i love ellie Kemper; she's great um and then titus for jazz who plays mm-hmm. like i mean he's fantastic too um so the chemistry between them just the world building and yeah i mean it's tina fey and robert um is on. he's one he's a friends writer producer so that's you know they have you know that kind of zany humor and, and um intriguingly yeah intriguingly that show was started life as another show on another channel didn't it did it okay i don't um, yeah, know it, much it, about the history it but did yeah. um yeah. yeah no it was um it was going to be let's see here um i have the I have the info here, so on the, let me get the production um, sure. up. Um, but anyway, uh, how does it go on, like, as seasons go? Does it continue to be excellent? Yeah, it's all about, I mean, I'd say, like, trying to, I'd say season two is, well, I'm trying to think. It's either, it goes back and forth between one and two is one of my favorites. But, like, I think one still has some of the best moments mm-hmm. in the entire show so far. Um, but, yeah, it's all, I mean, it's all really consistent. It, um, and... Um, yeah, it's just so, like, it's not afraid to, like, say crazy things that are funny, but, mm-hmm. like, w- you know, are pretty out there. PC and yeah. out there, you know? And well, I, I love like that. that. That's the thing. I mean, like, it makes it more entertaining and provocative, I think. Um, and so, um, you have that, you have, yeah, the cast just gets bigger, and, um, there's, what, what really makes it fun is when, what they start doing with John Hamm's character, he's the leader of the cult that um they're mm-hmm. to, and he shows oh, they up actually in a, go into that stuff yeah yeah, yeah because oh, like I didn't well that. but and they make him just a, like you'd think it'd be like how did they make the because this guy's a horrible person how do they make it like fit into this or you know all that but they make it just as absurd and part of the you know sure well, as you would expect and so um, i didn't know that angle that's intriguing there's a big plot twist at the end of season two that they uh, that starts kicks off season three that's great um that yeah it's pretty great cool. and so um, and and they even have like at the end of season two they have Lisa Kudrow from Friends play um her mom on the show and mm-hmm. so and that's just perfect so they know, just throw yeah. stuff in like that yeah, yeah um so it was created by um Tina Fey and Robert Carlock yeah uh when NBC executive asked them to develop a show for Ellie Kemper this is according to Wikipedia okay. so don't 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 right, me right. if it's wrong but um they uh let's see here um the show was initially under development for NBC uh, right. and it was going to be called Tooken. Um, uh, you know, cause just, yeah, yeah. And anyway, uh, it was later changed to the current title. I can see that as an NBC show too. I mean, that's part of it. It really is. Like, yeah, it really yeah. is. Um, it's, it's, it's evolved. It, Rock, it's though. evolved yeah. more into a uh, Netflix show as mm-hmm. it's gone on and mm-hmm. it's, it's more risk taking and can be more bold and, and ribald. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to know that, that that was its origin. Right. Um, and, and you know, as Netflix starts to creep into shows like, uh, Fuller House and, and yeah. things like that, that are for a different audience, The Ranch, yeah, yeah. I, which I, which Jordan, no, Jordan apparently good. watches, although I can't believe that. Um, I, mean, I grew up on Full House too, but I, I tried like, I tried to, but I tried to, I just can't, much, I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not aimed at me anymore. <laughs> no, it's I not, mean, yeah. even nostalgia aside, I just can't get into it. Yeah. I, I, I don't really want to enough. And, right, right. Um, anyway, um, so but that's interesting that it used yeah. to be an NBC that's, show. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can totally see that because, like, I mean, it has a lot of the same tenants and cast members as Thirty Rock. Um, and but yeah, I think Netflix just gives it like more free reign to just go even 
zanier mm-hmm. and um it's made for a different audience and yeah it's just one of those it's uh, again like the concept is so original and um you know they keep coming up with stories from it and um the characters are just so original so well the thing the thing about um netflix and this is an interesting theme as well with them Mm. is that um think if you think about it this is a network that i mean an hbo is like that too and showtime but this is unlike everything you see on tv tv they don't need advertisers to be happy now they don't have to ever think about 18 to 30 to 52 or whatever that demographic right, is that right, they always talk right. about that doesn't matter all they have to do is have a show for age groups so that there's always something people want so they don't cancel their ten dollar month yeah. subscription that yeah. is all they have to do yeah and they have you know so much income it's insane and they on a monthly basis and everybody has it so um you know i work at a cable company and mm-hmm. i you know they'll often tell us like in, in the sales game don't try to you know try to t- tell people well, you're already paying such and such for Netflix instead get cable nah dude nah everyone has Netflix it doesn't matter if you have cable or don't have cable mm-hmm. you're gonna also have Netflix sure. all absolutely they've made themselves indispensable yeah. um so that's just that's just not an option yeah um am I up yeah all right cool let's see what we got next here so some of mine break the rules a little bit okay in that they are continuations of shows that, from, i mean that works they've become yeah, netflix yeah. originals yeah, yeah, though yeah. and my first one of those is black mirror okay yeah um yeah. so the black mirror is amazing i don't need to sing its virtues because everybody knows how great that show is um it is by a guy named charlie brooker he's a british dude he used to actually be a games journalist interestingly and he's done a lot of things in his career uh he did a show much like uh, the daily show where he talked about news on a weekly basis on the internet um and he's very prescient about the future and what's coming um he created this show there were two seasons of it that aired in the uk um and there were three episodes each and they did awesome things like talk basically talking about the dark side of technology and where it might take us so a couple of plot lines are um uh, the entire history of you which is about um this woman whose husband dies and she and her daughter miss him tremendously so they um turn in all of his materials his emails his journals his everything mm-hmm. um and th- to a company that creates a replica of him that's like an android looks just like him talks sounds just like him they use his voice samples and but all of his decision making and talking and thinking is based on the evidence they have about how he acts as a as opposed to genuine humanity and so it just explores like what that would feel like to be around this shallow husk of who you used to know who can't ever evolve can't change can't grow with you uh is just sort of stuck and it's very interesting um another one is about what if and this one is actually robert downey jr bought this for um bought this as a as a premise for a movie that that may or may not come out one day um but basically what if you had eye implants Mm -hmm. that filmed and recorded everything you've ever seen or experienced in your life so that you could go back through it as a jealous boyfriend as it shows up in this and uh, back through the footage and see like was my girlfriend flirting with him Mm. wait was he looking at her with a certain look and you can just like replay Mm. so it's all about regret and relationships and and the horror of what it would be like if every incident and every failing we make as humans was recorded and yeah. if we could play that back so that's just a, an idea of the setting the netflix portion is the most recent season season three um and it's excellent i wouldn't say that i like them better than um 10 million merits is my favorite by far that's mm-hmm. from the first two seasons 
Um, the third season, though, does have some good episodes. There's one about um, military and ethnic cleansing and how, like, maybe corporations or the military could do that in the future mm-hmm. in an effective way. Horribly. It's horrendous mm-hmm. and, and, and really hard to watch, but excellent. Um, really good twists. There's one about video games that's really cool, about a virtual reality mm-hmm. experience that goes horribly wrong yeah. and references things like Resident Evil and things like that, which is yeah. cool. Um, but um, there's a couple that I don't love. Um, there's one about a wedding that I really found frustrating. So it's hit and miss. Um, by far the best one um, was on Netflix um, and is about... I, I can't really talk about what it's about. What was that one called? Do you know the one I'm talking about? San... San... I can't remember. It starts with a J. I know. San Junipero. Yeah, I've seen a lot of talk about it. And it is, by, yeah, for good reason. It's yeah. by far the best episode, maybe of Black Mirror ever. And when you find out what's going on, it's very interesting. And there's these clips, and you see these people, and they're like basically meeting in these retro clubs, and they're having relationships and flings with one another, and they keep talking about, all right, well, we only have two hours left, so let's make the most of it. And you don't know what that's about. And then by the end, when you, well, halfway through roughly, mm-hmm. when you find out what's going on, and what these experiences are, and who these people are in, in real life. It's phenomenal, mm-hmm. um, and it, I mean it, it's it's an absolute masterpiece. So it's very hit and miss, but especially the last season. A lot of people think it's the best season. I don't. Um, but it's not do... like three episodes a season, something like that. Or... So I believe there were six in this one. Okay, so okay. so Netflix right. yeah, was originally yeah, going to do a twelve episode third season, yeah. but they split it in two. So now it's seasons three and four, and yeah. there's six. Um, and I'd say about two or three of them are excellent. One or two of them are okay, and one of them is straight up bad, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a Netflix show, and I'm so glad they did this. When I found out they were doing it, I was over the moon because Black Mirror is will go down one day as one of the greatest shows of all time. I think. Well, they do they feel kind of like movies each episode. Oh yeah, right? yeah. Oh yeah. There, I mean, yeah. except for one of them. So, so the other thing about Netflix that's interesting is run times. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Arrested Development notoriously just did whatever length they wanted to yeah. mix success, um, but. This show, some of them are 45 minutes, yeah. some of them are an hour and 10 minutes, and some of them are an hour and a half, like yeah. a full-on movie. There's one, um, it's not, I always keep thinking Killing in the Name, but that's a, that's a Rage Against the Machine song. Um, but it's it's called something, is the last yeah. episode. But it's an interesting one uh, about social media and the potential yeah. dangers of social media and um, terrorism. Yeah. So that one's a really interesting one too. But yeah, the, they, they vary in length, yeah. but they're roughly... Mini movies. Well, even Master of None, most of the episodes are thirty minutes, but then in season two, there's one episode that's twenty minutes and one that's an hour. Nice, yeah, yeah. nice, very cool. All right, you're up. Okay, so next one, um, uh, break away from the absurd one for a minute and go to my favorite Marvel Netflix show uh-huh. Marvel series. But um, yeah, Daredevils. I mean, like, cool. Because um, season I two, you're oh, the yeah, biggest yeah. proponent. I, I mean, I, I think it gets a lot of, you know, I mean. Yeah, it does out in plot holes and stuff, but... Does it? it yeah, you know, it, I mean, there's... But still, regardless, I think how it does Electra and Punisher, and also I like that it kind of splits the season up into a couple different arcs instead of one main... I mean, there is an overarching narrative to that season, but not as much as season one, and I liked that. I liked that it was felt a little different, and that they could tell two big narratives. Well, they broke it up. And yeah. the, those shows, as yeah. we've talked about many times on this show, right. they're really long. Yeah, yeah. For, for, for the one note, one bad guy right, approach. Right, right, right. So they do like four episodes with Punisher. I mean, Punisher cut throughout the season, but they do four episodes to him. Then they bring in Elektra, and so they do an entire episode that um, shows their history and all that and um, really draws from the Elektra saga in the comics. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Daredevil's always been one of my favorite superheroes. I think I... The, my first encounter with him would be in the Spider-Man animated series in the 90s. Uh-huh. Um, and then the pretty terrible Ben Affleck movie. Um, and then 
Uh, like, once I got more into comics. But watchable. Yeah, I mean, watchable. Maybe we'll not that. now. We'll say it. I don't know. Well, that's a stretch, but we'll say it. <laughs> um, and then when I started really getting into comics, um, fell in love with the Mark Wade run, mm-hmm. then went back and read the Miller stuff, and then Daredevil Yellow and all that. And um, so he's just a character that always is fascinating to me. I mean, um, being a disabled superhero for one, and just being a total badass, and having an interesting narrative, being rooted in crime fiction. And I think the show does a great job um, sort of adapting all of Daredevil's greatest hits, really, um, and doing it in an original way. I mean, they draw a lot of influence, obviously, from the Frank Miller stuff, um, and also Daredevil Yellow by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. And so, um, but, I mean, it's far from perfect, but it's still one of the best superhero shows out there. And, I mean, two seasons, it's still got my attention going. Um, Charlie Cox is fantastic as Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Um, of course, Vincent D'Onfrio as Kingpin. Casting mm-hmm. across the border. Um, I love Eldon Henson. I don't, I screw those IGN UK podcasters who diss on him, but. Right. <laughs> um, and then. Wait, you mean this guy? Yeah. No, he's. Uh, I, I, Look at that goofball. He kills it as Foggy. So <laughs> screw the haters there. Um, All right. And then Deborah Ann Wool is just so charming. Um as Karen Page uh-huh. and the chemistry between her and Charlie Cox is fantastic so um yeah I mean you mean her yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's so yep, cute she is um and so yeah I mean it's just one of the like I think it's delivered to that's your of, favorite Daredevil I mean favorite, favorite Marvel. of the Marvel Netflix yeah nice yep cool um but yeah it's I don't know it's one of those I mean definitely has me excited for Defenders and yeah and I, I mean Overall, I mean, I think I'm going to watch it, dude. I think it's time. I think it's high time. I think I just need to just power through it. With the exception of Iron Fist, Marvel and Netflix have done a fantastic job so far. Awesome. Um, So, and what you mean by that is um, Iron Fist is even better. So they're like super fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like next level. Iron Fist, I could just watch all day long. Well, it's all those action scenes. Oh, I know. They just, they come at you and his fists glow. And the corporate drama is just so enticing. I would go further and call it corporate intrigue. Oh, it is. It's just so, I mean. I mean, and you know, we're so tired of these villain villains. Oh, yeah. Now we have corporate people. Because I just, I want to watch, instead of a superhero, I want to watch just extended scenes in an office room. I mean, don't it's you, awesome. Don't you want to watch that too? But, no. then, but then what I really like in my superheroes is for them to be like broody and immature. Yeah. Oh, yeah and absolutely. like, you know, not really have a personality right, that's right, developed right. yet. Yeah, that's yeah. solid. Right. That's and solid. all of the interesting origin aspects to be totally overlooked. And, oh, yeah. right, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Iron Fist is a really unique character, but like for Netflix, like they just decided, well, what if he wasn't? You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. What if you take a unique character? It was an and interesting make, conceit. And let's conceit. make him totally generic and boring. I mean, right, isn't that right. a great idea? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. let's also pick an actor that really doesn't fit the role. Yeah. That would be solid, too. Okay, cool. Okay, so there's obviously, our... Obviously, our Iron Fist. Iron Fist yeah, yeah we, we obviously <laughs> like that one a lot. Um, all right, so I'm going to pick another one that also breaks the rule, but that's fine. Okay. Um, and that is The Killing. Everybody okay, yeah, who yeah, knows yeah. me knows I love The Killing. Sure. Um, so Netflix resurrected this show. This is a show that died twice and came back twice. Um, and then the third time it didn't. Um, so Netflix, but but I take it back. There wasn't going to be a death. They they did this really cool thing that Netflix does, mm. um, where they give shows endings, and it's very very cool that they do that. Marco Polo didn't get one, but Marco Polo was one of the most notoriously expensive shows ever. So I'm not really surprised that they couldn't come back and give yeah. that an ending. Um, it was just too expensive for a show that nobody liked. Some people liked yeah. it, but generally not really. Um, so the Killing is a show that was on uh, AMC. 
uh, brilliant show mm. based on the Swedish series for Brittleson, um, which I love. Um, the American one, in its own ways, may even be better. Um, it's better and worse. It depends on how you look at it. There's different aspects of it that are cool and, and, and ones that aren't. Um, but The Killing, in general, is it's one of the best shows on, on American television, hands down. And it just didn't find an audience. One of the things that really pissed people off, and it was the same way with For Brittleson in Sweden, but season one and season two were still the Rosie Larson case. There's one murder for two seasons. Mm-hmm. So you don't get an answer to who done it after 13 episodes. And for some people, that was a bridge too far. They were like, 13 episodes is like already too long for one who done it. Um, and they dragged it two seasons on. So yeah. I can understand why people got burned by that. I loved it. And I especially love um, the killing because of the dude. Um, the dude from um, oh, oh my god, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, yeah, Joel yeah, Kinnaman. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, believe yeah, I yeah. blanked on his name for a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, Joel Kinnaman, and this is one of the reasons he plays Holder in that Stephen Holder, right. and he is just so good in that show. Yeah, I love him in that. Um, I even bought the RoboCop remake because he's in it, but I still haven't <laughs> I remember you it. brought that over one time. I, over. Yeah, and we were like, yeah, let's not watch what that. What is that doing in this file? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I have it. I got it for five bucks on Black yeah, Friday. I mean, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, that show is great. I'm in the midst of season three. Um, those shows are intense, and, and, and you really have to be in the mood to watch them. Sure. But it's one of the, it sets one of the best moods. But I love that Netflix, and this is a cool theme, I love that Netflix does this. They bring back shows. So, um, you know, Hulu did it with the Mindy Project on the on on the comedy side and that's cool but what netflix did was obviously black mirror that wasn't going anywhere they brought that back um longmire is an excellent police procedural if you like those mm-hmm. uh western um they brought that back i think that was a and e or, or one of those channels usa maybe um and uh and then they did the killing so the killing mm-hmm. see after season two it was canceled and then it got renewed again by amc um and they brought it back for season three which is you know so far really good the one i've been watching and then um, after season three, it got canceled again without a real ending. Mm-hmm. There was a real cliffhanger at the end of season three, apparently. And then Netflix brought it back. Um, yeah. So it has now been um, – it, it, and they gave it a real ending. So they did six one-hour episodes, about a half of a season, but okay. a little longer. And they gave it a real ending. And that's great. And then also another show they did that with recently, and I give them so much credit for this, Sense8. Uh, yeah, so, yep. so they did the first two seasons and a Christmas special, um, and unfortunately, um, the show just didn't have the viewership. It had an amazing cult, passionate cult following, but it didn't have the viewership to right. to validate continuing the series, and they tried to bring it back because it was this big fan outcry after the cancellation. They couldn't justify it. They said, we'd love to. Financially, it just makes no sense. Yeah. And then finally, the fan outcry was so strong, they're giving it a two-hour send-off movie. Yeah. And, and to that's me, that's idea. amazing. Yeah. Like, I mean... You, Great, you can't justify a fil- f- a huge thing. I mean, with that budget, yeah, it's it's hard to do. Yeah. But now that right, because that shows it's a globe trotter. Right, right. It goes everywhere. You right. watched some of it, didn't you? Yeah, I watched first season. How yeah. was it? I like mean, it. So it started off really slow, but then it gets really good. And so um, I enjoy, I still haven't gotten to season two yet, but I probably will. Now um, that there's going to be an ending, I mean, that's the thing. If yeah, there no, wasn't, kinda, it yeah. would just it would be a roadblock. That's the thing. Yeah, and so um, but no, I think once it gets going in season one, it's really cool. It's got a good. I mean, obviously, a really diverse cast, and it goes all over the place, um, global. And I mean, it, that alone is just an achievement for how many locations it covers and what it does. And it fuges. Like I described it when I reviewed it back for a site I was working for at the time, um, as like Cloud Atlas meets Heroes. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. that. And, um, so like I said, it starts off really slow, and then but once you get to know the characters 
and you see other stories play out and then intertwine. It's I think it's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to check it out now that I know yeah. there's going to be an ending. And right, that was actually right. one of the one of the main writer producers of the show. I think it was a writer. Or one of the main actors. He was somebody important. He was uh, tweeting about it. Okay. And he had an open letter to fans when it didn't get renewed. And one of the things he said was, we heard the passionate outcry and Netflix heard it too. They really wanted to do this, but they just can't make it work. Yeah. This is the reality of TV, but you guys are amazing. And hopefully one day it'll live again in some form. Yeah. And then he said, but the most sad part about this cancellation is that this show will never have an ending. And that will likely mean that future generations won't start watching it because they know it doesn't end. Yeah, yeah, and that's the truth for me. Like that is a total oh, yeah, I'm done if yeah. there's no ending. Right, right. Um, so that's I always I, I've googled. Well, at least... like when I tell people to watch Heroes, I just say watch the first season and then walk away because <laughs> it's just it's gonna not let worth you know. after. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, for me, I've googled at least thirty times in my lifetime. That's not an exaggeration. Does blank have an ending? Yeah, I always want to know when I'm jumping into something. Doesn't really. I mean, end. yeah, if you're gonna commit that much time to it, you want it's a lot of yeah. time. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of time. So yeah. anyway, I give them mad kudos for that. For Kill- sure. And Killing is a great example of them doing that. And they even did that on a show that wasn't initially there. So that yeah. is just very, very cool. They bought a lot of uh, um, equity with yeah. me when they did that. Yeah. You're cool. up. All right. So my next one on here. So this is one that dropped. Let's see, two years ago, and just had a second season recently. Oh yeah. And so. The first season is very good, and it's very funny. It stars one of my favorite actor-comedians. Um, and season one is good. It has a really great episode, but it's still just very good overall. Season two is a masterpiece, though. Like, But master of none. Oh, is like, it really? Ma- season two is amazing. Like, it, I mean, wow. so um, so if you haven't watched it, Master of None, is Aziz Ansari stars and co-created the show, writes and directs a lot of the episodes, Um and he collaborated on it with Alan Yang, who is also a writer-producer on Parks and Rec. Um, and it's just about... It's very autobiographical in many respects. Uh, it's about... He plays an Indian-American um, actor trying to make it in New York and um, just, like, figuring things out and whatnot. Um, and season one... So it has a really great episode in... Um, it's episode two called Parents, and it's about... Um, he has... It's Dev and... Um, his Taiwanese, uh, or from Taiwan, I think it's from the Taiwan, um, his friend, and they both feel pretty distant from their parents, so they want to, like, uh, and they don't really, they realize that they've never really, um, learned their stories about coming to America and all that, and they want to, like, take them out to dinner and kind of learn those stories, and and it's a brilliant, hilarious episode that yeah. does so many, I don't know if you've, if you I watched, have seen it, I, it didn't ring, didn't do, do really? it. Really? Okay, okay. So, so the uh, thing yeah. about that one is the, the parents actually play the roles, and, but, and they're terrible actors. See, but, uh, I love the dad. He's hilarious. He's like, t- hilariously bad. But it, I, I don't know. Some people have said that, but I don't know. That I is love a that 50 guy. 50 episode, man. That okay. episode, half the people think it's God's gift. And yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah. It's a very brilliant idea right. of being you know, unappreciative of all your parents' sacrifices. It does make have a great message. It's a really interesting look. Yeah. But I just didn't like it. And I want to like that show more than I do. The okay. fact that you're saying season two is a masterpiece, that, that intrigues me. Because so, I know your taste season, is solid. What season two does, because season one, so you have really original episodes like that. But then for the most part, it's things we've seen before. Just like, you know, like the, the pilot, he's like, sees a friend who's now married and has a kid and he um and it makes him really hesitant about whether he wants that or not because mm-hmm. he sees how little free time he has or right. not and you know that's thing we've just working on. through life issues of being a 20 right. something 20 30 something right and we've seen that in sitcoms millions of times before right. and so like um and, and you know it has 
um, a love interest play out through the first season. Um, and, you know, and so it does these familiar tropes and stuff. But then season two, so it starts off, he's in Italy. Um, because okay. uh, this, this is something, I, I'm trying to avoid saying anything that happens at the end of season one, but just going, he's in Italy, um, he decides to go there for a while to get away from everything. And that first episode is shot in black and white. And it's like this, um, it, there's so many creative artistic choices he makes in the season that don't feel gimmicky at all. They play out so well. So there's the, there's this black and white uh, episode um, where he's exploring this other world, culture and everything. And then there's an episode. Where, and So he's in LA for the first couple of episodes and then he goes back to New York. And then there's an episode called First Date. And he's like, um, and they explores the world of online dating. And so um it plays the entire episode plays out like in this coffee shop or bar area and it keeps juxtaposing for because he goes on all these different dates different women and some work out better than others and but the entire episode plays out like that and so um at one minute you're um the camera's turned on dev and he's talking and he's talking to this one girl then it turns around he's talking to someone else because it just keeps going and keeps playing out these several dates over the course of the episode then there's one of my favorite episodes in the entire season and maybe of the show yet is um it breaks away from the main narrative of the characters and tells three different stories of different immigrants um in america so um there's this one guy who's a hotel concierge and then um, is this the hour-long one no this is that one this one's only about 20 30 minutes oh wow um and it um and then it goes to a deaf woman and for the next eight minutes um it's silent silent. Mm -hmm. and so and then it uh, and so it um and she has like conversation with her boyfriend and it's all subtitles there okay um and then it goes to um these immigrants from africa and it's like um and like one of them's an uber driver and all that and Mm -hmm. so um and then the only connection is they all wind up in a movie theater at the end with dev and the crew but it's so brilliant how that plays out Mm -hmm. um and then there's a thanksgiving episode that plays out over several Thanksgiving over the years because um, it's about um, his friend Denise in the show um, who's a black lesbian woman and like it's her coming out story. Mm-hmm. Um, or the, and is this the hour in, one? That one, no. The hour one is about... Damn. So, I know. All these so, heavy episodes aren't an hour. Okay, yeah, which one's an hour? The hour one is... So he um, falls for this woman he meets in Italy um, in the season and um, she visits him in America after, but she's engaged, and so um, the pretty much the last half of the season, the main narrative is about that, like he's falling okay. for her, but she you know can't yeah. be with her and all that. So it's an hour long episode about there, like uh, um, there he wants to tell her how he feels and all that. Okay. So yeah, uh, um, cool. but it's just that part like, sounds more intriguing than the other stuff you mentioned. Okay, yeah, that yeah, part I mean, sounds really good. The I mean it, it is good. I mean I, like I said the whole season I think there was just something, but. The Immigrant episode was probably my favorite, though, in the season. Um, and then I said Bobby Cannavale. 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 Okay. So he plays um, a TV producer um, who's also a chef in the in mm-hmm. Just a super charismatic, like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, hey, Jeff, hey, you know, yeah, like, talking yeah. like that. Um, oh, is that what charismatic people sound like, Kevin? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all charismatic they all sound like Fat Albert? Like yeah, pretty much. Hey! Uh, hey. Um, but, um... Uh, yeah, so there, I don't know, there, season two just really, like, it felt so personal, uh, mm-hmm. like, for, uh, you know, they're writing all around, it's part drama, part comedy, part, like, 
but it was so innovative in so many ways. I mean, for the writing, from the filmmaking perspective. From what you're telling me, also yeah. a show that could only happen on Netflix. Right now, now things are changing. Like channels, um, like FX, are doing yeah. more unique stuff, like your Legions and your Atlanta. Yeah, yeah another yeah, example yeah. of a show sure. that takes a lot of chances and does cool stuff like that. Sure. But having the free, the freedom of the times of the twenty to, minutes to an hour. And the ability to do like an episode with no sound, you can't do right. that on regular TV right. because people, right. the average person watching, might think their sound is broken. Right, right. You don't they realize, don't it. but yeah. you can't have like an auteur's, you know, journey. And this was so auteur. It was mm-hmm. just, I mean, people were making comparisons to like Richard Linklater's Before Midnight trilogy, and that it was mm-hmm. because it was that kind of like impact. Mm-hmm. That it had wow, that's so, impressive. Yeah. I, yeah. I'd, I'd have to see it to see if it could pull that off, sure, like sure. If, on me. I honestly, I'm a little I wasn't jaded about that kind that, of shit, but we'll I wasn't even expecting that level for, for it to like hit me that much, like in because like I said, season one was very entertaining and like it had some great episodes for me, but it was still just like good, like mm-hmm. what I expect from a season sorry comedy. Yeah, but season two, I thought he just went way more ambitious. Was it still and, funny? Oh yeah, there's still, I mean, there's plenty of laugh out loud moments, and and my favorite supporting character is still um, yeah his token white friend. Um, I, he's the um heavy set bearded guy. Um, mm-hmm. in it, but like. He's just like, and it's so it's so hilarious because um like he's a big dude, but like you don't realize it until season two because in season one most of the scenes with him are in a coffee shop, so they're all sitting down all that. Oh. When in season two, there's an episode where he goes to visit him in Italy, um and they're uh, um standing next to each other, and Aziz Ansari looks like an action figure next to him. It's just <laughs> like it's hilarious, and so cool. Um, but yeah, it was. I mean. So, Master of None, Jeff, I mean, like, um, yeah, season two just went all kinds of ways I didn't expect it to, and yeah, I thought it was great. Nice. All right, cool. Well, I gotta check that out. Yeah. Um, so my next show is the much-alluded-to um, show that's not from the U.S. Um, it is a Brazilian show, initially. It's the very first Netflix Brazilian TV, Brazilian okay. production. Um, it's called 3%. Uh, that's right, yeah. Um, okay. We talked about this a lot, so I'm not gonna go into it super heavy, but basically... Um, it's one of the best Netflix shows I've ever seen, no question. Um, definitely top three, I would say. It is The Hunger Games meets Brazilian culture meets a darker tone. So Hunger Games has darkness to it. Yeah. Your sister's about to go into a death game. I mean, it's dark. Yeah. People die like Rue dies and uh, spoilers. But, I mean, there's just there's, there's tragedy there. But it's this, still a young adult. Ministry. Right. This yeah. one is, if young adult, and I've said this before, but... Um, the creator of Mr. Robot got made me watch right, this because right. I heard him talking about it. And he was given his top 10 of TV for the past year. And he said um, that this is YA with teeth. Mm. Um, so this is a show okay. that will bite you. Um, bad things happen to characters you love. Sure. Um, not everybody wins. Uh, big reveals are made that totally turn everything on its head. It's a show that I watched the dubbed version. You could watch the subtitle version instead if you prefer. I like it dubbed. Um, the voice voices were a little bit whack, and it's it's a testament to the strength of the show that even though like the voices are a little off, it's still like a masterpiece. And it is a show that, um, or or just sub masterpiece. It's almost if not a master. I mean, I was moved by the show and entertained, and that's really hard. Like I if I, I love a show that can both entertain me completely where I'm not having a bad time. And I'm moved by it, where it has an emotional impact on me that I'm thinking about later, and surprises those three ingredients, and I'm in, um, and, and I'm I'm in love with it. And so, what's great about this show is every character's motivations and your impression of them is subverted. Every single character, the good guys show badness, real badness. The bad guys show heart, compassion, goodness. 
Um, the well-roundedness of the characters is better than almost any production of anything I've ever seen. Uh-huh. I mean, these are characters that you 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 see you see selfishness where you didn't expect it. You see compassion where you didn't expect it. You understand why somebody does something incredibly cruel to the extent where you maybe think you might have done it in the same circumstances. So it just puts them in these impossible situations. And I'll just go with the basic conceit: in the future, in Brazil, there is a mainland and there is like this slum area. Um, the outside or something. It's been a while since I've seen it. But basically, um, there's this game you play when you come of age. Everybody gets one shot at it, and you have to prove that you are one of the chosen ones. You have to be a certain level of intelligence and athleticism and quality to earn your spot in, I think it's called the island or the main, the mainland or something like that. Only 3% of the population get to live there. Mm-hmm. So you go through a Hunger Games-like process, but it's less violence and more mind games. Mm-hmm. So you have to go in a room and figure out what happened in this scene. And not only are they judging you, and there's like this this like guy who's like the main character who ju- uh, of the of the like the the testers that does the testing and like and there's also drama with him and his family and 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 and, and you know the 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 inner workings of this system that chooses the three percenters. Um, and then, like, it's very, it's a corrupt system, but also one that he believes in tremendously. And you finally understand, like, why even a, even a, even a contestant that might cheat might still be considered worthy of the, of, of going to the, to the offshore. It's called the offshore. Now I remember. Okay. When I got in the mode of the show, it's sure. called the offshore. Um, all of that stuff works beautifully. I mean, it is a show. You need to watch it, man. I know you've said you yeah, were going no, to. Yeah. You need no, to watch the show. Season two is coming. I don't know when, but okay. it can't come soon enough. This show is phenomenal, and I won't say any more except just to say... you know how say, many seasons have been made, though? Cause, because it's, like, from... Or just like, one. It's, oh, right, it's okay, like that Chinese okay. show, Bardo, where okay, where it's, it, it airs here when it airs there. Okay, it's cool. just they put it out. That's cool. Um, so, no, there's only, believe me, I'd track it down if it was oh, available. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, it's, There's only the one, and, and the next one, there's not even a date yet. Last I checked, about a month ago. Okay, so, that's cool. Anyway, um, that is my um, second to last. So, at cool. this point, let's talk about a couple honorable mentions okay. and a couple shows maybe we don't like, if you have any. Okay. Um, why don't you kick off yours? Okay, cool. So I touched on Sense8 a little bit, but, um, but yeah, the, def- it's definitely worth checking out and seeing the first season, and I probably will finish now that, you know, the movie's coming and all that. Sure, sure. Um, but Love was another one that mm-hmm. I thought about here, because um, that one, it's just so fun to watch because the couple is so bad for each other, because, like, the, I mean, they're both pretty, the last thing they need is a relationship, and, mm-hmm. I mean, like, the guy How much of it have you seen? Uh, the first season and some a few episodes of season two. Um, but yeah, it's a Jedi Apatow show, and um, so it has very you know just strong characterization and good humor and everything. But yeah, I mean the guy in it is this like nerdy dude with major self esteem issues, and like uh, and then um, the girl has a lot of addiction issues and all that. So I mean they're just so bad for each other, but it's like really fun to watch. Um, but it get I mean I think so. It's so I'm gonna I, yeah, we're, I'm just gonna throw off our, our thing. That's my last one. It's my number. That's my. Okay, pick. cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Have you that seen show, both seasons? Uh, no, only the first one. Because okay, yeah, I've been yeah. holding off. Because when I watch the next one, I know it's going to be just straight through. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been like waiting because sure. it, that's an intense show. It, it really um, is. Yeah. It is supposedly a comedy, but it's really it's, a half hour drama. Yeah, yeah. And the show is. I mean, it, it, when I saw if the. You're looking for 40 year old virgins, not it. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no. What's great about this show to me is that it shows... So I'm in my 30s. Um, most people that you hear talk on the show are in their 20s, uh-huh. uh, in our show. Yeah. Um, but I'm in my 30s, and very rarely... Uh, Master of None, I believe, is a 30s set show. Yeah, he's, he's low um, 30s, yeah. And 
this is a 30s show and there yeah. aren't many of them and when they show usually they're like older like in their 40s or they're right. in their 20s but you don't often see the 30s, no, it's 30s aren't depicted as much yeah. and I because people are aspirational like 30 somethings like watching 20 somethings a lot sure, of times sure. um, 13 year olds like watching 20 somethings so sure. it kind of works um, but this show is it shows that period of time in your life where if you haven't met somebody yeah. yet and you're in your early 30s it's very tricky yeah. because you're not really in the kind of scenarios where you meet people. Everybody else is usually taken. Right. Um, and you're questioning what your rest of your life is going to look like. And you're getting to the point where it's do or die. Yeah. And these are your final decisions. If you want to make something of your life, like he's an aspiring screenwriter. Right. If you want to do that, it's now or never pretty right. much. It's getting too late to start a new career. Sure, sure. If you want to fall in love and have a family, it's getting to do or die. Right. And so they have that looming pressure on them. And they're also incredibly damaged people. Right, right. And so she's got so many problems, it's insane. He has got a lot of... Uh, bad traits yeah as yeah, a human yeah. like he's sure. he's he feels entitled yet he doesn't really know how to assert himself Gus. and he's oh, yeah. Gus is his <laughs> yeah. name right and and he's just I love him you know yeah. I mean he's a great character that right, I actually right. love and very much relate to but he just he's very passive aggressive did you say that I think you did but yeah, he, yeah. he's very passive aggressive yeah and then she has substance abuse issues she has she she was a little bit too promiscuous back in the day by her own admission right um she's doesn't really understand how to have relationships with right. men she's all about playing games and being catty and, and and just doing all kinds of things that are not conducive to a, a and doesn't positive really know what she wants really to, yeah right but she right, feels yeah. like maybe it's him and especially when he gets other validation from the world then that makes her yeah. want him um it's one of the most intelligently written comedies yeah. if not the most intelligently written comedy drama that i've ever seen yeah um and i can relate to it better than almost show i've any any other show i've ever seen the music is amazing there are a couple episodes that fall flat for me i didn't like the one about the taking the drugs with uh yeah with what's his name, um, you know that dude, uh, Andy. I know who you're talking about. He's, he's Andy Dick. Um, Andy Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Taking the drugs with Andy Dick and going on a quest and like a mind quest in the bar and like and then at the end they the good news is they do show the come down and how bad that is yeah, on yeah. both of them so that's yeah. cool but I just didn't need that whole journey. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten a second season yet although I've heard that season one makes you hate her. And that season two makes you hate Gus. Yeah. And that's fascinating to me. So I love that we're going to start to see, like, his, you know, underbelly. Yeah. And so that's that's really cool. No, um, it's incredibly honest. It's just, I mean, and I've read, I mean, I've read Judd Apatow's book, and I, yeah, if you look at his career, he's always been very interested in that, you know, taking comedy to the next level, not just making just, you know half-hearted jokes and i mean he pours passion to whatever he's doing well, and 40 year old um, virgin is definitely oh, yeah. as, as as dumb and slapstick as it can be right. and kelly clarkson and shit yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. also it's one of the funniest movies ever yeah and it's also actually has a lot of depth i love yeah. passive aggressive paul rudd yeah it's right. one of my favorite parts or, right. or sometimes overtly aggressive when he's right. just like is this familiar and he does the thing with the camera he's like this looks like something you're used to huh and i mean he's just so angry yeah it's so yeah. good so yeah. there's always been like you know a lot of good reality in those shows sure in his in his films sure i mean then obviously um the one about the couple um um with uh, seth rogan is the main person oh, yeah. yeah and then the yeah. sequel to that this is 40 yeah um all of that stuff is right. it's, it's, it's very real and true although i think uh, that love the first season of love at least is I mean forty year old virgin is as good in a different way yeah. but aside from those two there's, they're the best by far yeah well and freaks and geeks still holds freaks and geeks is great yeah. freaks and yeah. geeks is great but he's yeah, a little yeah. bit more unrefined at that point as a storyteller but it's still brilliant yeah yeah it's brilliant 
Um, anyway, do you have any other honorable mentions? Um, just that I've seen some of Narcos and I like it. It's not like, um, like I have a friend who loves that show and he's like, I oh, mean, I know people um, who love it too. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend I thought, who swears by that show. Yeah, I think I mean I, it's got an honorable mention on me. Like I don't love it, love it, but it's. You watch it all? Yeah, I've seen the first season. Um, and okay. then you know, I mean, yeah, it's really. I mean, I think it's a good set. Instead of like a Pablo Escobar movie, have a, a show that. Not only focuses on him, but other Colombian crime lords, um, mm-hmm. and looking at the history of that, and I think it does it in a really intelligent way. But yeah, but yeah, it wasn't anything that just like blew me away. I mean, I mean, I've yeah. seen maybe it's because I've seen a lot of mob movies and stuff, mm-hmm. but um, but it's very good. You know? yeah. yeah, serviceably well done. Yeah. yeah. So. Um. So I have a couple quick ones. Sure. My first one is uh, Glow. Have you watched oh, Glow yeah, yet? I've heard amazing things. Glow's yeah. great. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say it's amazing okay. for me. Okay. Uh, it's excellent. Uh, her performance, Alison Brie's performance, is yeah. out yeah. of this world. She's stellar at it. Uh, I heard Jordan actually make a comment that I kind of disagreed with on Twitter, where he said um, she's not exactly a very likable character, but you can't deny that she's uh, 100% all in or dedicated. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I actually think that she is a likable character. I mean, okay. she's got certain qualities that, you know, she does a couple things that, that kind of would turn you off, and she's very... Uh, needy and and things but generally speaking i think i like her character a lot okay. and i and i relate to her a lot um and so she's just killing it in that though she's so all in sure. and she really lets herself be depicted uh, unflatteringly a lot yeah like with as far as makeup and outfits and, and she's just she just lets herself i mean the main director character who by the way is awesome in it he is so good in it um, he does, he says things like to her, like, you know, I'm not sure. Wait, I, yep, you're pretty. And then he looks, he goes, you're definitely, well, no, actually I think you're ugly. And he goes, no, I'm not sure. He goes, I'm, I'm still trying to decide if I think you're hot. I can't tell. <laughs> um, and he does that to her all the time. Just totally just belittles and trashes her character uh-huh. in that way. Um, and she just stands there and takes it. Um, and, and it's, it's like that the whole time uh-huh. pretty much. Um, but it's, it's, it's an interesting show. It, it's definitely very dramatic. Um, it definitely has episodes that are like too depressing. I think mm-hmm. like, there's this whole abortion subplot that I think is unnecessary mm-hmm. in that show. Very important topic, not in that show. Personally, I think it overcrowds it. And I've spoken with a couple other people that kind of have a similar view mm-hmm. on that. Um, but overall, it's definitely a fun experience. And you haven't watched it at all yet? Not yet. I probably will check it out. But yeah. Okay. Well, another really interesting yeah. one is one of the ones that um, nobody ever talks about. I haven't heard one person ever talk about it. It's called Gypsy. Have you heard of this? I don't think so. So this show, um, amazingly, just like appeared one day. Uh Um, And it's actually directed um, by the person, um, let's see, I'm I'm pulling it up here right now. It's directed by the uh, woman who directed um, Fifty Shades of Grey, but don't don't be tainted by that. She actually left, (laughs) no, no, she left that film. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, because she didn't want to be part of it anymore. Okay, good. Um, and uh, I like that movie, but I, I know I know everybody else hates it. Uh, damn it, I don't want the Gypsy Evangelical Movement. I want the Gypsy TV show. Come on. <laughs> there it is. Come on, just pull up. Man, your internet, Kevin, it's killing me. Yeah, it's I so know. bad. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is a show. Um, it's a psychological thriller. Naomi Watts is in it. Billy okay. Crudup is in it. Nice. Um, and it is. It was a. She was. She's the director of the first two episodes. Sam Taylor Johnson. I didn't realize that she okay. didn't actually create it. Um, but she is. Uh, it, it is a show about a woman. She's a psychologist. I've only seen the first episode. and It was great. But she basically starts following her patients after work and gets obsessed with their lives. Uh-huh. And she's and she's like. She's married and happy, but like she kind of feels like there may be something else out there for her. And she's like a gypsy in that 
her personality is wandering. It's fascinating. Okay. So it looks really good. I haven't had a chance to watch too much, so that's why it's only an honorable mention at this point, but it definitely has the potential. Sure. It's really good reviews it got. It just fell under the radar in a huge way. Sure, sure. So, um, And then I have a couple uh, dishonorable mentions. Okay. Did you have any you don't like? There were, so I tried Santa Clarita's Diet when it came uh-huh. out, and like... I thought that would be, like, a great one because I love absurd satire. I mean, you know how much I love about Great and that yeah. kind of style. And I thought it would be that kind of style and all that. But, and I, I mean, I like some of the Elephant and Drew Barrymore, but it just, I don't know, it didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. It was, wasn't funny. I've, and, I've gotten yeah. a couple false starts on that one. I've yeah. tried it a couple of times. It's I, like, it's all right. I was just like, nah. It's light. Yeah. It's it's all right. It's yeah. airy. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I also tried, like, that the new one, Friends from College, last night, just uh-huh. to see it, but also did it like the pile just didn't do anything for me it was it wasn't funny and i, mean, I like keegan michael key a lot but yeah i've heard it's was, not very good now they it said it's like, a miss it was just like i mean I, I, it was a creative angle but it nah the writing didn't do anything for me and it was just kind of bland but yeah cool um okay well i have a couple dishonorables and then we'll get to your final pick okay. right yeah um so one of these is something i haven't watched yet but i saw the trailer okay. and I, I can't. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad show. I'm saying it doesn't look very good. Okay. Ozark. Have you seen that trailer? So Randy's watching that right now. And what's he like, saying? I, he's been watching. He says he likes it. But yeah. I can't get it. I, it looks like a bad Breaking Bad clone. Yeah. I, to yeah, me. Okay, yeah. And I just can't imagine that show being good. Maybe it is. Mm-hmm. But man, does that show look bad? I'll to ask me. him more. Thought. I just know he's been watching it. Overly yeah. dramatic yeah. in an unnecessary way, and all. It's just him getting his ass beat. Yeah. And just like, oh no, you're trying to launder money <laughs> for the mob. Oh wow, you're living in the Ozarks. Oh shit, Laura Linney's your wife. Oh man, oh you're just getting beat up some more. And oh wow, there's some 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 mountain people that live out here that have like no human decency, and they're fucking you up. And oh shit, you're so fucking like acting innocent but jaded. And oh motherfucker, you're so talented. And it, it just looks like a Too like over. a like a reach to be good and yeah. and, and and uninspired and, and and derivative. So I haven't seen it yet. But it doesn't look very good yeah, to me. Yeah. I can't imagine watching it. Love to hear Randy's take. Okay. Um, the OA. <laughs> the OA is the O shittiest thing. Uh, I gave it like five episodes, and it is terrible. It's what? it is literally about a woman doing like these like. Well, yeah. By the time I got to the fourth episode, and she starts doing these angel gestures, she's some kind of angel. She starts doing these angel gestures and trying to float out of this glass prison she's in. Yeah, and it is the most self indulgent piece of crap. It's about a girl who disappears for many years. Her parents think she's kidnapped. Maybe she was. She comes back, and she's damaged she doesn't really talk normal and then she calls she says no don't call me by my name call me the oa but she won't tell anybody why and it's just this oh it's just so self-indulgent yeah you ever seen a show that's just incredibly self-indulgent it's like somebody just got the rights to make something with like all this shitty imagery that's shit and like a a character that's so self i mean self-indulgent is what it should be called instead of the oa so no that's one of the i mean it came out in like what december or whatever and I thought about checking out, and then everyone said, just like gar- Alex from Name Redacted said it was garbage. And mm-hmm. even like Dave Dwancher, like, I mean, an established writer was like, okay, is there anyone who's watched the OA, can you tell me what it's about? Because I just tried watching it, and I have no idea. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, terrible. Yeah. It's yeah. total tripe. Yeah. All right, yeah. man. All what's right. your last pick? Okay. I, I so, think I might know. Well, I mean, I don't know how you would. It's, I've never talked about it on the show before. Okay. But yeah, no, but no. Yeah, Stranger Things. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That actually wasn't what I thought you were going to say. Oh, what'd you think? Bojack. 
I haven't watched BoJack. Yeah, really? Like, I, I, yeah, You've I watched will. F is for Family and not BoJack? I know. I will. All right. But yeah. All right, go ahead. But there's, there's a lot out there, man. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Stranger Things. I, me and Would you say it's your favorite people. Netflix show yet? Probably. It's yeah. like, it's tough between, I mean, you know, that, like I had in the Marvel The top shows. three were, yeah, were hard to write between uh, Stranger Things, Daredevil, and Master of None. Like, Master of None, definitely my favorite comedy. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I mean, Stranger Things and Daredevil kind of go. Or, but yeah, I mean, I've sung its praises plenty of times before. But um, both the nostalgia and then just the format of it, I just really love the characters, um, the designs, the way it merges. You know, Spielberg, a little bit of King, a little bit of Carpenter, all in one. Got a great soundtrack. Um, it's just one of those fun, just super blockbuster things that you don't see as much anymore. You know, like, um, and I mean, it's just cool seeing it as a series instead of just a movie. You know. Because you get more time to let the characters breathe and mm-hmm. um, the story play out a little more, um, and I'm stoked for season two. So, um, does it maintain its its quality all the way throughout? Because I've I mean, seen the first eight. two episodes. Yeah, I mean it's only eight episodes, but yeah, eight? Uh, yeah. But oh, I think it does absolutely. And yeah, that's the other thing. I'm glad that they didn't do like a 13 episode yeah. thing because like, that definitely would have been way too stretched out. Because like the main error of season one is that their friend Will goes missing. So right. like um, that would have been way. It's eight episodes was the perfect amount for that season and i don't know if season two is slated for eight or i bet you it's a few more yeah it might because be that's few, what they yeah. do with these shows right, once right. they get like good buzz well and... that's a, yeah no that's the thing um but yeah i don't know i mean i've sung praises plenty of times before oh, i mean like, the show's beloved yeah, i mean yeah. it, it gets awards and it's just so unique and yeah. different what do you think of the cop character is he good Oh, I think he's great, David Harbour. You know, he's going to play Hellboy in the reboot. Uh, but, which I was skeptical about at first, just the idea of a Hellboy reboot, because, you know, how much Pearlman and Bill uh, Pearlman I am. Everybody but, in this Pearlman shit, yeah. But, you know, I, I think he's got a, a good pick for it, and I like the director. And they also just announced that Ian McShane will play um, Professor Bloom in that, so that's really cool. Wow. Um, By the way, nine episodes, season two. Nine? Okay, so yeah, yeah. there's one more. Yeah. Um, but, Straight. Yeah. Keep it tight. Keep it condensed. No, that's how you do I mean, too much is too way. much. Is, too yeah. much is too much. And especially, it's a lot to bite off. Like, uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Like, they're going down to seven and maybe six for the final. And, yeah, yeah. And it makes sense. It's like, dude, it's so big budget. It's so right. much to wrap your hands around. Right. Like, keep it tight. Another example, I, I, it sounds really suggestive when I keep saying that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, keep it keep it condensed. Keep it. Um, the, the thing about, um, the thing about the you know condensing your show down and, and making it and making it smaller it just it just keeps things potent it keeps yeah. things powerful and it it just i don't know i just don't think that you know, oh, dragging agree. your show out is, is a good idea right so. and i mean some of the best moments from the show are just the little character moments that you see you know the interactions between 11 um and trying to blank on the main kid's name not will but um and mike but yeah um and so things like that but oh i love the sheriff character i think um He's, I mean, the casting all around is really solid. That's what helps a lot, too. It's good um, ensemble chemistry. And obviously, there are standout characters, but um, all around, I think it works really well. And awesome. I'm excited about the action figures coming out of... Are there really? Uh, of the Sheriff and Eleven coming out, but under the McFarlane line. Wait, so. but the other characters aren't getting characters? Well, they just will the... eventually, but oh, they're okay. just driving, too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, they just they premiered at San Diego Comic-Con, and they'll be widely distributed later in the year. 
Nice. But yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that ends that our is, list. That does. Yeah. Oh, boy, that lots of great stuff on Netflix, good, yeah. man. Was, I mean, it looks like we touched on zero Hulu and zero Amazon. And I mean, by the well, but by the time we get to the next episode, there will be what five more shows on each that drop. I know. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. Well, one day we'll have to get like start watching that shit so we can yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, on that note, um, you can find us at the joyofgeek.net website. Uh-huh. You can also find uh, me at uh, rt lapore on Twitter. Cool. And you can find me at KWShafe on Twitter, um, on smanewstoday.com, my columns on there, and at ultimatecomics.com, I have comic reviews there. Awesome. Um, and on that note, um, what are you going to be watching next? Next, what have I got? Well, now I do want to check out some Amazon originals, so like... Um, Hand of God, I want to check out. Oh, uh, you and your Perlman stuff. action. Well, it does. I mean, it looks good it anyway. It really does. It looks like, good anyway. And it's only two seasons, too. So that's it. But, um. You need to finish Sons also. Sons, I'm going to finish. So, um, just playing on my radar. But, yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm going to watch Daredevil now. Do it's it. time. Do it. It's time to finish Daredevil. You've seen like a few episodes, right? I- I'm yeah. on the fifth okay, of yeah. the first oh, season. Okay. I didn't realize I was that far in, but I am. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also going to watch. I have. I. This is so me. So I rented. This is this is uh, bad admissions, but I rented the Belko experiment. Oh, okay. A week ago okay. from Netflix, uh, not Netflix. Um, Redbox. Redbox. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. still haven't returned it, and I still haven't watched it. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, I kind of want to watch it, but uh, I just like I've been yeah. playing Kingdom Hearts. Jordan and Kelsey been, saw it, but yeah. Yeah, I think they had yeah. lukewarm feelings yeah, on it, but I, I, I mean that I, I may still like it. Yeah, um, yeah. I love battle royale stuff. I like you know sure. Hunger Games, and I like. Um, you know, um, uh, what's that one called that everybody... I didn't like it as much. What's the other one that people talk about? Man, um, the other YA thing. The other YA one that, that's huge. No, that one's great. That um, one's great, but no, no, no. The, oh, um, Divergent? Yes, yeah, thank yeah, you, yeah, Divergent. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. another one that I like. That's also... going to be continue as like a, like a TV movie on sci-fi or something. Is it still happening? I think so, yeah. Okay, good. Well, at least they're going to finish it. I, yeah. Again, that was going to be an unfinished thing. Right. Maze right. Runner's finally coming back. Now, that he hurt himself. Dylan, the main actor, hurt himself really bad. Okay. Um, and now he's like back and they're filming it, so that's good. I'm glad he recovered. Okay. Um, but I don't really care about his health. I just yeah. care that I get to see the show. Right, right. See. Just kidding. Sure. Just kidding, of course. Dylan sure, O'Brien. Sure. Um, anyway, I'm glad he's better. And then um, the original Battle Royale. Okay. Obviously, everybody's all about this video game called Player Unknown Battlegrounds right now, which is a Battle Royale uh, 1v99 thing. So, Battle Royales have never been bigger. Um, people are really into them. Um, the idea of you go in and, and, and we explore your personality through the challenges in this arena is the idea. Sure, sure. Um, and it's a good one. It's definitely sure. a good one. So I definitely want to check out the Belco experiment, which, okay. for those who don't know, is uh, who, who does it? Well, James Gunn wrote it, and then um, I don't know the And then somebody else like, directed it and he wrote, wrote it. Yeah, well, because, well, I mean, he wrote it like years ago, and uh-huh. then. They just um, pulled it because he's, like, he's big. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so, like, it. I don't even know if he ever did other drafts of it or not, but um, and then he's credited as a producer on it too, and they okay. have like, um, what's his face, the, the uh, Michael Rucker um, is in it and all that. So some James Gunn regulars. It's yeah, interesting yeah. that we uh, now that we're so into the industry, we've learned like what producer means and what it doesn't yeah. mean. Mm-hmm. Like I never understood even a couple years ago that being a producer you may not have had one thing to do with the whole movie you may not have even and then for a long time I thought it was just a money thing yeah. I was told that yeah. you know producer just means you helped finance it or you helped put the people together who did finance it yeah. but actually it could just mean something as subtle as uh, you know you had something to do with it Showed like 10 years ago right or, like, yeah. or you or you like um, 
Yeah, I mean, whatever it might be. You may right, have right. nothing to do with the show, and they're just like, we'll give you a producer credit. Right, throw right. you some money your way. Right, right. All right. You may have written the book it's based on, but you had nothing to do with the show. Yeah. Producer credit. Yeah. Executive yeah. producer credit. You may have told two people, with a person with money, to meet up with a director yeah. and, like, sent an email out to invite right. them, and you're a producer. And then other times it means, like, they literally put it together. Right. And made like, fundamentally, right. casting director and got right. the, everything together, and there was no movie, and then there was, because right. this person right. exists. Right, right. So it's it's interesting, man. It these really these titles are weird, and like another thing, script credit, right? You can or directing uh-huh. credit. You can like as we're learning with movies like, um, uh, like the Star Wars films, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know people like uh, getting getting credit or not getting credit for basically finishing a movie. Yeah, we, we yep. know that the Justice League movie. Um, he's had, the main director Snyder, Snyder had to leave because of horrible horrible family yeah. tragedy. Yeah, um, I can't even imagine what they're going through. Yeah, and then. Um, Obviously, um, Whedon, Whedon think, Josh yeah. Whedon has taken over, and he may not get directing credit. In fact, he probably won't. Well, um, they say, I think they'll give him one of the either like an executive producer. You mean they might? Well, they might do a writer one, but I, because it's been a big story, I think they probably will give him some kind of. It's credit. possible. But, yeah. It's possible not. I mean, yeah. and then there's the Gareth Edwards, Tony Gilroy. Is that yeah. right? Was it them? Yeah. And then they obviously, give them a writer credit, but but he right. brought, but he did direct. Some right, of the and the same thing I heard that writing credit's going to happen for. Um, the guy on um, the Han Solo film, yeah, um, yeah, uh, Ron Howard, right, right. Whereas he may not get any kind of directing credit for directing a good portion of it, yeah, yeah. maybe even getting the performance out of that actor that they wanted. Yeah. So it's really arbitrary. A lot of that stuff, and, yeah. and arbitrary in one sense, but also like heavily regulated on another sense. Like sure. As far as the rights and and all of these different guilds and sure. um, and uh, unions, sure, sure. But um, it's an interesting world. It really is. And if you want to learn a little more about it, you should check out Adam Ruins Everything's Hollywood episode. Yes, do it. Um, Adam Canover. Do it. I think that's his name. Yeah. But anyway, this was fun. This was. It was a great time. And uh, we will see you back uh, either next week or the week after, depending on how our schedule goes. Yeah. Um, Hit us up on Twitter. Mm -hmm. We are going to be rocking out with a little teaser we're going to be doing soon. Uh, we, We both saw Dunkirk. Yes. Um, so soon we're going to be talking about what we thought about it. No spoilers. Um, but also, like, going through uh, Nolan in general, because I've seen every one of Christopher Nolan's films. And I've missed I'm two. ready to talk. Okay, I think so I haven't seen Following and uh, the photo one. Um, Insomnia? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two I'm missing, but I've seen all the others. Okay, yeah. So I can't yeah. wait to talk about yeah. him. So we're going to talk about his, um, um, you know, filmic resume. Right, right. Um, going yeah. back so that'll be fun I think we're also planning at some point on doing a nail biter okay. comic book graphic novel book club the, the whole series of, yeah. of all yeah. six yeah. so that'll be that'll yeah. be fun so that's some stuff to look forward to in the meantime and as always I'm Rich Lepore Kevin Schaefer and we will see you soon take care okay so we are in the car um, doing a post credits <laughs> yeah post episode uh, quick addition to our streaming episode. So sometimes when we um, record these shows and then um, a couple days goes by before we post it, a bunch of stories come out. And in this case... We uh, have three big ones. That, like We recorded this episode last Sunday and then literally the week of just massive streaming news flooded the internet. So, so we, we are here not we, talking about it. We got we to gotta bring it up. Um, so there's a couple huge stories and uh, the first of those is about Disney. Just, yeah. Um, and uh, the deal there is that Disney has... So back in 2012, if, if you didn't know, 
Um, Netflix signed a deal with Disney for streaming rights to, I believe, all of their content, at least most yeah, of their good, content. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's the reason that you see things like Rogue One on Netflix. I started right. watching that the other day. Doctor Strange is on there. Right, lots of Marvel stuff. And some Disney classics, too. Yeah, really? Right. I didn't know that. There's a... I, I, well, I, mean, I believe I've seen, you. I've seen Tarzan yeah. on there. And then, awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah. Jordan, actually, on the, on the gaming podcast, was talking about Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, there's a lot yeah. of different interesting stuff on there. Anyway... Um, that really just took hold. So it only really started about a year ago, even though the deal was made in 2012. Now, notably, that deal was made back before streaming was as big as it is now. Sure. Um, so Disney, uh, that deal ends in 2019, and I guess the idea was at that point they would, you know, recollect their thoughts, see what they were going to do going forward, maybe right. re-up the deal. Um, they're not going to. Yeah. They have decided they're going to start their own streaming service. They partnered with a company that actually acquired them for $1.58 billion yeah. called BamTech. Um, who is like a streaming uh, technology company of yeah, some sort? Yeah. So they're going to make their own stab at all of this, which is which is really interesting. Um, what do you think, man? Um, you know, it's it's just it sucks for Netflix, but my thinking is, what does this mean for? Because the deal is they're set to launch the service in 2019. So I'm just wondering, really, what streaming will look like by then? Because we already talked about a lot of on this episode about how it's changing the game of TV, and by then, if every company starts to develop their own streaming service, people's bills for streaming shows is going to be so over off the roof that they will pretty much have to cancel cable. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, getting to that point. Yeah. I mean, right now, I have Netflix, I have cable, and yeah, then I yeah. have Netflix, Hulu, um, Amazon yeah, Prime, but that's yearly. Right. Um, and you get it anyway for shipping. Right, right. And then I actually also have... Um, do you have HBO Go? Uh, well, HBO Go comes with my cable. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. But I have, an, I have uh, a couple British ones as well. I have BritBox and Acorn. That's, they're, they're minimal. They're like a couple dollars. Yeah, yeah. Each. But um, still, but, I mean, we're talking right about there. a $30 basically a month if you really break it all down for right. all my streaming content. And, you know, adding that to a cable bill, it's a pretty sizable chunk. And at a certain point, and also cable companies are going to go to more of an a la carte model. Yeah. Because they got to compete. You yeah, know, they got to yeah. go into this model of like, well, you watch Lifetime and Lifetime Movie Network, you can just get those channels. Right, right. You watch just ESPN 1 and 2, you can just grab those. So, I mean, that's really the direction they have to go to and to compete because people don't want to pay $100 a, a month no. for, you know, a, a collection of channels, most of which they don't watch. Right, right. So, it's going to be really interesting. It will. And, and also, the other thing to consider is, um, you know, Netflix still wants to have Disney properties. So, they're, well, they're, they're right. supposedly in talks. Um, according to Reuters, I believe. Yeah, that, to hold on to their Marvel and Star Wars content. And so right now, the way it looks is that Disney's saying they're not going to pull any of their content until 2019 and after. Yeah. So that's uh, movies like the next Frozen movie, Toy Story 4, things like that. Sure. Currently, um, that means though that Netflix will get The Last Jedi and potentially Han Solo, but will not get the third episode... Yeah, episode 9. Episode yeah. 9, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be weird, you know, to only yeah, well, have two yeah. of the three. I think they probably got to work at least something out to get those three so that it's a, a cohesive chunk of, of, of content. But. I think so. My thing is I'm hoping that uh, if this proceeds, that they'll be able to do things. If they're going to do it, maybe do things like, um, you know, a Star Wars live action show or something like that where they'd have the resources to do it. You know, if, you're gonna, if they're going to do this and they're going to entice people to pay for it they better pull out all the resources you know may because especially because they make it so hard to have access to a lot of their classics like i'm talking the anime classics like mm -hmm. snow white and all mm -hmm. those yep 
they have a thing. They don't let you rent. Though. Right. They don't let you rent them. They you don't gotta you know, buy. You're right. either in stores when they come out of the vault, and they're overpriced right. when they are. So they better pull out all their guns and make those available and really give incentives for people to subscribe to this. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, um, next up, um, we have uh, what's the second story about Millar World? Millar. Right? Yep. So um, Mark Millar, the comic book creator, um, has. Uh, Hold on a second. Yeah, one. So the second story is about Millar World. Yes. So Mark Millar, the comic book, right? Mark Millar, the comic book creator of uh, many famous books like Kick Ass and Kingsman, um, both of which have been made into movies, has struck a deal with Netflix uh, to um, create a new cinematic universe based on his all his creator on books. So. Basically, Millar has been in the comics industry since um, really 80s and 90s, going back to, you know, working for different publishers. Um, but in the early 2000s, he created his own imprint um, of creator-owned titles. Um, so, in addition to Very smart. Kingsman, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. that guy is a, as an entrepreneur, right? He's very, I mean, he's pretty much a modern-day Stan Lee in that regard, in that, um, you know, I don't think he's the best writer by any means, but... He's a very high concept writer. Who, that, well, it's, and he's very good at the business side of things and making things marketable. Right, right, and and, and being ev- making everything as lucrative as possible. Absolutely. What's interesting about him is, like you were pointing out when we were in the theater, um, is that he really isn't like you said, not the best writer. He's good, but he's right, not the right, best. Right. He doesn't get a ton of cred in the sure, comics sure. world. People are like, Millar is all right. He's kind of a dick, but his writing's pretty good. Yeah. But he's by no means like top top tier. Right. Um, Yet, somehow, he's just decided, like, I am going to be the guy that creates stuff that people want to make movies yep, out of. Yep. And then, like, you know, he, he's self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It, it's it's that way. And all of a sudden, Netflix, can you imagine how much money they probably paid oh, him? Yeah. For, for For ideas, like, I know you love Huck, but just ideas off the top of his yeah, head. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's just like, hmm, what if there was a dude and he was, like, older, but he was also a superhero? Right. You know, and and or Starlight is Starlight, born, yeah, or, yeah. or 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 you know, what if there was? Uh, I don't know how to do a, a, a an elevator American pitch on Jesus. Huff. Um, you yeah, know, you have uh, the Second Coming of Christ told in the modern day, and maybe um, he's a good guy, maybe he's right, not. Right, you know, and that's yeah. in, that's interesting. I mean, it's definitely got antiheroes to it. So yeah. he's he's definitely clever. Um, you also got the whole Jupiter's thing, which yeah, yeah, Jupiter is Legacy, really yeah, weird. Really it's like he yeah. made one series and then like did a prequel to that one Jupiter trade, Circle, yeah. and it's it's just very weird. And yet it's working, it's yeah. flying. And that's yeah. that's my two cents on it. Just that just that he's just this guy that he he just punches above his weight so hard. Right, right. I mean, I would love to see you know shows or movies based on Jupiter's Legacy. Superior is one of my favorites. American Jesus. So you have a vast amount of content to pull from and. Um, you know, I mean, I thought, I mean, the first Kick-Ass movie and Kingsman are really good, and I'm looking forward to Kingsman too. So I think Netflix is a great outlet for that. It, it is, um, and also the other idea is this this concept of cinematic universes are God. They right. are the, the church at, we, at which we all pray now, and that, you know, Millar World is, you know, there are little nods to different series right, right, within right. each one. So if right. you... If you read um, Kingsman, there's little nods to other series in it, right, and vice right, versa. Right. So it is all interrelated in its own way. I think it is all technically the same universe, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so in that way, he's created his own expanded universe, and he kind of started doing that before anybody else. So yeah, that's pretty yeah. clever of him. He's definitely forward-thinking when it comes to business. Uh, creatively, I think he's hit and miss, but yeah, hey, it's working for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, third up is um, a really interesting one. Yeah. So Robert Kirkman, the creator of Walking Dead, and 
um, Outcast, longtime comic book creator as well, um, has struck a new deal with Amazon Prime to so any um, rights to any new show he develops will go directly to them instead of whereas AMC has been the primary home of all his properties. Um, with the exception of you know, Outcast has been on Cinemax. Right. Um, but, Although, I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, That's I don't weird. either. I think um, it's been like season two's aired internationally before yeah, here. Or yeah, some I weird shit. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so now any new show he develops from here on will go directly to Amazon Prime instead of AMC, which is it's, um, it's so, another so, interesting move. So, so I have, um, I, I don't mean to get um, conspiracy theorists here, but I think this is pretty much just accepted. So Amazon works either at a very, barely a profit or at yeah. a loss every year. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They're, I mean, the only way any of that makes sense is if going forward, the idea is that these huge deep discounts and yeah. all of this stuff that they give everyone the best deal on and this overnight shipping, that has to end one day. Yeah, yeah. And so their goal right now is buy up everything, own everything. And I, you know, as much as I use Amazon, I love it. As yeah. much as I like Prime, I worry that like the future is going to be like when every when all the mom and pop shops are out of business, that's when Amazon turns up the crank. Yeah. And the yeah, stuff gets yeah. expensive. But regardless, we're here. It's now. We got to look at this current picture. Hopefully there'll be freedom fighters yeah, in the Monopoly yeah, yeah. fight uh, to, to combat that when the time comes. Sure. Um, but, you know, for for the Kirkman stuff, he's he's talented. I, I don't know how many lightning in a bottles he has, though. I mean, like, do you really is the only other and that's big title I can think of. Nobody really to wants that. to do anything with that, it seems, because I think they would have if they... Or is there something being made of it? I don't know. There, I've heard rumors for a long time. And nothing uh, ever seems to come of the Invincible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've read the first five trades. It's pretty good. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's you know, dude, his dad's kind of evil. He's a superhero. It's kind of, you know, the, yeah. the whole... Luke and 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 uh, Darth Vader, Vader yeah, concept, yeah. you know, but but done much more colorfully. Um, it's interesting, you sure. know. You have he did some Marvel Zombies work. Obviously, that's Marvel's property, though. Sure. Um, he's done. What else has he done? Um, Kirkman, uh, obviously, Outcast, which was basically written right. as a pitch document. For a TV show, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, he he's not that prolific. I mean, he yeah. is, but it's within a couple established franchises. Right, so, right. I mean, he's definitely smart and creative, and he can come up with something that'll be great. I'm sure. Maybe there'll be another Walking Dead spinoff that'll develop. I wonder if he could do that. <laughs> I guess he could. I guess yeah. well, it depends on the way that the AMC contract is worded. Like, do they own all... Fear the Walking Dead more. Right, 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 exactly. Fear <laughs> them additionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's an interesting tumultuous time for streaming. I, it is, yeah. I, I mean, I... I was just crazy that all those stories dropped right after we did the episode, so we knew we had to talk about them at least a little bit, but... Okay, cool. Lots of crazy news going on, so, um, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that, um, and uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Take care.